the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 65. I'm Dave Z. I'm here with Christian. I'm here with Brandon. How professional. <laughs> How professional. Brandon claps right in the right when you start talking. I, don't, I actually thought you were going to stop and redo it then because I'm surprised you even noticed. I don't think Dave noticed. I noticed. I just, you know me, I'm one take Dave. I just, I keep going, yeah. you know? If there's a problem... Christian can fix it, and if he can't, well, then then I, I fixed it. I'm opening. in the basement. This is this is one take, Dave. Second time through, <laughs> because of me, but because of me. Known that Dave is the only person who calls himself one take, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Second view, Dave. One take, Dave. Right. Yeah, I I got a million nicknames for myself that nobody else uses but me. Right. <laughs> so yeah, sixty-five. Uh, I guess we can announce our retirement now, right? Yeah. Last episode. I'll just insert some cheering and applause. Nice. Can I can I express a little I don't want to say anger, but a little disappointment, a little sadness. Ooh, a group question that I, I don't know who posted. Did you post it, Dave? Somebody posted. It was a good question. You know, four people you can hang out with and that was four, me on the fourth of July. It was my fourth yeah, of July that, game. Four people. Yeah, that, that was that was a that was a good thing. I was a little disappointed that Alex only went with two of the three exploding heads guys. Oh, you know why though? He came over from TJF thirteen, and he says that he doesn't like you. No, I know he doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's all right. You. I'm going. O- I'm going over to Joshua's house because he has. Uh, he had Emma Roberts there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. He, he had four. He had Emma, which that's all you need. And I think he had um, Anya Taylor Joy, and I think he had um, uh, Daniel Harris, and who was the fourth? Catherine Isabel. And I said, if those four are over my house, I'm not going to worry about what I'm watching and what I'm eating because I got a Louis C.K. hit. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit there, waka waka waka. That, that's who I would watch it with. My four would be. Louis C.K., Black <laughs> Phillip, Mer- Mercy, and Pin. <laughs> you know what? You know what is even sadder about that whole thing, Brandon, is that your dad's on Facebook and he picked Dave, me, Vince, and Alex Harrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He probably would. <laughs> Wait, who did he pick? He picked me, Christian, uh, Vince, and then who was the fourth? If it wasn't you. It was another host, I think, right? No, I think you just went with no, nobody. <laughs> oh, a, bit, well, a, a sandbag. No, I kidding. I think there was a fourth. I'm just teasing. Well, Alex is a listener of the show. He probably did that just to elicit a response from you because it's just a joke. He just no. Must- Alex is a good guy. I'm just I'm just messing around. I even I, wrote like, hey, why? Where's my invite? I think he is too. Because who else is he going to put that? I, I don't think he'd put JP there. No. Nah. You gotta, you gotta watch your. You can't enjoy the movies or the company when there's a Mexican in the house, and you gotta keep an eye on all your possessions. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, a, it's been a while since we had some racial comedy. <laughs> right, yeah we're, yeah, we're overdue. Yeah, we haven't hit our quota this month. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So let's let's get to it. Return of the Living Dead tonight, parts one, two, and three. The trilogy. No, we're not doing a fucking. Whatever, rave to the grave or whatever that. Uh, those two movies that were made. Necropoli- <laughs> Necropolis. Yeah. Necro- yeah, Necropolis. and rave to the grave. They came out the same Necropolis. year, and they both have like 3.0 ratings on the B. Fuck those. Yeah, dude, they were sci-fi movies. I don't think so. We're not doing it. It's bad enough we had to watch. Well, whatever. Forget it. We'll just we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're about to say. It's okay. Uh, Am I going to be defending some movies tonight? 
Uh, we'll see. We're doing the trilogy. We're doing some triple R's. We got some news for Patreon. We, we got some good things going on. But I'm going to put you guys on the spot right away. I did this on purpose because I'm going to get honest responses this way. Because Watson mentioned something on our group page last week. And he said, could you guys rank the Nightmare on Elm Street films in order? And it was after we recorded the um, Reanimator show, which came out before this. And here we are. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Desert Island, you're going. What, how do you rank them? First of all, you want to walk that damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> I just did before we Le- got out. Leroy. Is that Paquita? <laughs> I think it is Papita. Yes. Oh, Papita. Yeah. What did you say, uh, Paquita? Yeah. I said Paquita. I knew. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name. Papita. We got All Papita. Right. We got Baby. So, and we got. Uh, and now we got two cats. We got Oreo and Ginny. Yeah, Ginny cat. Yeah, Ginny. Final girl. Yeah, little black cat. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, love her. Sorry, Desert Island. What am I picking? Mm. We're not even picking. We have to rank the films because basically what Watson couldn't do was take our ratings and put them in order from highest to lowest. I know. Yeah. Uh, Desert Island, I'm taking Dave and Alex Harrow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you bloated raccoon, you. <laughs> oh, I love that joke. That joke is going to get some traction tonight. <laughs> I agree. I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> So we're just ranking all all eight of them in the, yeah, in do the it order. Do your head. Eight, eight I, I'll, I'll go. You want to go, Christian, or you I want me to go? Them. Come on. Uh, go ahead. I, I mean, I've got my rankings. Uh, yeah. Real easy. One, three, New Nightmare, four, remake, two, five, six. Exactly the same rating. Exactly yeah. the same ranking. Exactly yeah, that, the same. And and I, I the only thing I hesitated on was I really enjoyed four so much that New Nightmare and four were like so close to each other. In fact, I think we gave them both sevens, you and I, Christian. Or yeah. you might have given it higher, New Nightmare. So I don't know, but yeah, that's 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 the rating I got to go with. Well, good. See, that's 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 your gut. See, I did the same thing. I didn't do. I didn't cheat and say I'm gonna and I'm gonna look at it and give a fuck. Here I am. I, I just looked at them. I thought about it. I said, okay, this is what it would be. One, three. <laughs> New Nightmare remake part two, part four, part six, part five. There you go. So, wow. Uh, mine's it, a little different. Yeah, happy, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised you did remake over two. Mm. That was the toughest decision. Yeah, I heard you. I heard the hesitation in that one. That was the toughest. Where did you, you, you guys had remake over part two as well, didn't you? Yeah. 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 It was tough. It, it really is tough. Those are neck and neck, but. That's the way it came out today, so that's what we're going with. Um, we got some, we got some appreciation for our uh, defense of the remake, and and we also got some people like think we're fucking nuts. But yeah, Willis, what well, you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I guarantee those people didn't sit down and give it a second view before they made their comments. I'll tell you what, it is such a big difference because the only other time I saw it was in theaters, and it was. I, I was like I told Christian, and Christian said the same thing. I was falling asleep. It was so boring, and I wasn't into it. Maybe Watching because you this... sat in a theater. I wonder if you sat in a theater, you might have had a different, <laughs> a better experience. Can you go back to your bedroom where <laughs> we can't hear you? <laughs> uh, you should have just said went to the show. Yeah, I would have no problem with that. You know, let's all go to the show and get ourselves a treat. You know. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, okay, a couple quick things. 
couple of orders of business. Me, I said something on the last show, on the Reanimator show, and I kind of felt a little bit like an, an asshole after saying it. Actually, I didn't feel like an asshole. I didn't want to be perceived as one because I don't want to, you know, I just, I'm not an asshole. Too but we, <laughs> well, listen, we were talking about action film. Somebody asked me something. How did it even come up? But Oh, you hadn't seen Die Hard 2. Or Die Hard at all, it was. Okay. But either way. Yeah. And I weird, said what though. I said about action. Okay, now what I did say about action films, that's that's half of the story. Half of the story I said last show, so I'm not going to repeat it. The other half falls on me, and I know that. My freaking ADHD brain, I cannot keep up with what goes on the screen during action films. So it's my, and I hate to use the term, but my disability is, is what creates that. Because when I watch it and I see a guy do this and jump and a few kicks and a few punches and a guy jump from a train and go here and grab this and do this and light this thing on fire and run over here and slide and jump and all these things are happening, I, I can, my brain, my little freaking fucked up brain cannot process what I just saw. So I basically just kind of, when that stuff starts happening on my screen, I just kind of immediately lose focus because I can't follow it. So it's partially my fault too. I just don't want people to say, oh, that Dave's, he's an asshole. He said that, you know, action films are bottom of the barrel and they're junk food for the brain. Uh, that's part of the reason, but the other part falls on me. So I, d- I just wanted to say that, man. That's no, all. No wonder you don't like the Sayonara Rick Sun scene. Oh. Can't follow those punches. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you uh, think I should like it because maybe you could actually, you don't have to even look at a person. All you got to look at the other guy reacting. Right. <laughs> hey, look, it was it was thrown in there. It was supposed to be a much better scene. Yeah, but why even leave it in? <laughs> or going back two episodes, that's great. Well, they had to kill him. <laughs> they had to kill him off somehow. It was a week. Gives a shit. Kill him anyway. He could have died in the toilet. It would have been a better freaking way to if die. If they didn't kill him, even, let's just remember what we got out of him being killed, even if it was that lame karate scene. We got, hello, baby. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, listen, we're not getting back into it. It's gonna be a retro of the retro. No, Dave. I, you know what? I'm. You know what? You don't have to defend it. Look, I, action films. I I've seen the classics. I like action films. It's it's another. It's a subgenre that I tend not to watch as many as as some people do either. It's not one of my favorites. I always say that about um crime and mafia type films. I've seen them all. I've seen all the Godfathers. I've seen Goodfellas. I've seen the classics. I've seen Casino, and they're phenomenal films. I'd rate them all pretty close to 10 out of 10s but not my favorite genre to go back and revisit like i don't watch the godfather every chance i can get okay i love the godfather i can watch it again and again and again yeah see i can't that's like it's not it's not something i watch that often okay well it's not not your cup of tea yeah that's yeah i'm not as interested in the gangster world as most people are that's fair i i get you it's you like what you like What, what else can you say you know yeah, I just felt the need to say that because I don't want people to say, hey, you know, this fucking guy. It, this guy. Yeah, it's, this fucking guy. This fucking guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. Go home and get your shine box. Uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> are we jumping into this or how are we going to do this? Are we doing the our new format, which is start with the franchise movie, go into a couple of trips, back to franchise? But just one or two more things real quick. <laughs> I, you, know, you guys know about, you know, well, she's been on the show, Tab from Test Pattern, um, Jacob and Tab over there. They started a, a little a, a thing on their own, and uh, it's a website, and it, it's basically a little community, a link between different podcasts. 
And we are, are, are part of that network. It's, it's monsterkidpods.com. If you go there, we are on there with uh, other fine shows. See, Tab and I do everything we can to promote each other's shows. We've been doing it for over a year now. We're friends. She's great. You know, We're going to have yeah, her back on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, she is great. And she said, hey, listen, she she heard us talking about, you know, what was happening with the fallout with Horophilia and how it almost went down. We were going to jump ship and the troubles we had. And she was giving me some ideas. And anyway, we were talking. So she said, we're going to start a, a little thing of our own and we're going to feature you guys on it. So we are on top of being on Horophilia where we're hosted and on Legion uh, where we're featured. We are also now featured at Monster, monsterkidpods.com with great shows like Test Pattern, of, of course, Random Movie Roulette, Thematic Elements, the Tune In Podcast, How to Make a Monster Kid, Bloody in Love, and The Blood Buddies. So That's love- awesome, and I love Tab, but I'm not allowed within 500 feet of the Monster Kid page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, so. Great. We'll just uh, sign him off right now. Cool. Yeah, I guess I'm off the show. <laughs> Perfect. That's cool. That's awesome that uh, you guys put in the work you do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then, I, I've said it before that uh, Test Pattern is one of my favorite shows. And all these shows on the network, I, I've listened to probably two-thirds of them. I haven't gotten around to all of them, but I will promote them and I will get to listening. And, you know, they got a big, they got a big Twitter following, awesome. Test Pattern and, and, and friends of theirs and, and some of these pods. So we're just happy to be there. So, so thank you guys again. And check out those other shows. I, now. Wait, wait, Dave. Before you now it, can I now it? Now it. I'll now it first. Dave now sounds it. better. He's still in his new basement and everything like that, but there's posters up, there's figurines up, there's a red filter up. He looks like, as Brandon said, he looks like he's out of a Dairy Argento film. And I just <laughs> want to mention there's a Halloween poster there, and there's a, I think that's the original Evil Dead poster. And if I'm not mistaken, Brandon, I don't know if you can see it too, I see comedy in that poster. <laughs> comedy evil dead yeah, i see comedy in that original evil dead poster <laughs> yeah you know what it, it does make me laugh i think it's intentional in the poster <laughs> i see a mean face and a scared face i don't see any any comedy i'm sorry I, I see that po- that's a great poster by the way but i see that poster and i think that's a comedy that's a hard comedy <laughs> a hard just comedy? want to bring it up a horror. horror are you are you are we oh. kicking out on you horror like our show. You actually were kicking out a little bit. Oh. See? Everybody's been kicking out, it seems, so far. But that's okay. Uh, you know. But anyway, okay. I just needed to derail you, as I do. That's what we do. I just want to get this house cleaning done, and then you guys can talk the rest of the night for all I care. That's fine. Just um, someone's got to do this house cleaning. Patreon. Patreon, Patreon. We have some new people. First of all, one of our main homies on, on the group page, Joshua. Joshua Pinelli, who's there, who's there. And I, I believe um, okay. I, uh, yeah. He's our homie. He is on our second level of Patreon. Thank you very much. And we have a new Benjamin. Why don't I have Benjamin's last name? Logan. And he is part of all access. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. And Joshua, you just messaged tonight, uh, right before we're recording. You should be getting a message when those early access uh, shows drop on Patreon. And if you're not, uh, just let us know and I'll figure out what's going on. Hey, I answered him first. You weren't even there. You did answer, answer. him first. You did. <laughs> but would you, if it actually went to a technical level, what would have happened? Uh, I would have turned it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. Oh, no. You're, you're going to have to ask Christian that. 
Oh, man. Awesome. And one more thing. Our homie, Rafael Gardo, has moved up. Has moved up and can now select a movie for us to do as a full review. However, we are not going to do it now, but he's chosen his movie. The movie he has chosen is Hereditary. We're not doing it now because, number one, Brandon hasn't seen it yet. I just saw it two nights ago. Have oh, you nice. Seen it? I still haven't seen that. Okay, and that's fine. Neither have I. It, what do you mean, neither have you? Hereditary? I thought you saw it two weeks ago. No. Fucking losing my mind. What did you see at the theater when you went? The Incredibles 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a horror movie. Last week we sat down here and you said that you... Uh, uh, <laughs> you saw Hereditary also. Right. Why did you think it too then? I don't know. Are you sure you didn't see Hereditary? No, I'm pretty sure I didn't. I okay. wanted to go, but then we couldn't. We it, it, something happened in ter- at the house and I couldn't go. So maybe you, were you like, said, "Man, The Incredibles Two is violent." <laughs> <laughs> maybe you told us in chat you were going to see it, and then something it fell through. Because yeah. why would we both think that? Well, that could be because I've been saying that too. Oh, I'm going tomorrow, and I've had plans to go like three separate times and haven't gone. I'm, I'm mad at myself. Like I was supposed to go like the first week it came out and it just something happened. And the only reason we went to this one is because it wasn't with my daughter. I was with my son and wife. And obviously, uh, yeah, the Incredibles was the, the choice, not uh, the scary horror. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do it like I do it. I, I came home finally. The movie's been up over a month. I'm surprised it's still playing, but it is playing at a few select places still. So I was like, OK, so I came home after work. I got online. I was going to go by myself. I pirated it. I... <laughs> no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I was going to go by myself if I had to. So I get on there. My daughter's next to me. My wife's upstairs. I say, I'm going to go see a horror movie tonight. She's like, Dad, can I go? Okay. What about Irene? She runs upstairs. Irene, want to go to a movie? Yeah. Boom. That's how I do it. I buy the tickets. I, I already had the movie picked out. And that's it. So the three of us. Awesome. Yeah. So, so we all saw it. Uh, now, at the time, talking to Raphael, I said, I haven't seen it yet. Christian's seen it. Brandon has not. So either way, I was wrong. <laughs> Whatever. But on top of that, not just that, I said, listen, he wants to hear our thoughts about it. And I'm like, that's cool. because I, I, I definitely want to talk about it. But I'm glad because this requires two views anyway. But basically what I told him was this. Even if we went to the movies and saw it now, you can't take notes in a theater we want to do a good full review. We don't want to get on here and just go by memory. Brandon and I can't remember shit. We're going to talk for two minutes. It's going to be over with. And, <laughs> you know, so basically to sum it up, when it drops on Blu-ray, when it comes to home, whatever, VOD, whatever it is, then we are going to do the review. I've already told him. He knows it. So you guys, the listeners, look forward to that. So. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think it's actually coming out sooner than later. I think because I think they're they're pushing these movies a lot quicker to Blu-ray and VOD than uh, than they used to. So I would I would expect to see it soon. I'm just happy a Quiet Place is actually coming out in a so, couple of days. I, I'm almost positive it was it was it was I thought it was on iTunes unless it was saying coming it. soon. I thought it was available uh, to rent right away. Yeah. Oh it, oh it might impossible. be because I I, oh. I never got to see that so I'm excited to see that. I've been very slow on the 2018. I kind of stalled out on it because nothing's been piquing my interest. But now everything's starting to come out. Right on. Yeah, so, you can buy it now. You can buy a quiet place now. Uh, you can't rent it yet for whatever reason. So on iTunes, I can buy it for twenty four ninety nine uh, in four K HD. Oh, okay. 
Wow, nice. I have two free movies coming because I bought my new TV last month. And because if you buy a Sony TV or a Android TV, and I guess this is both of them somehow, uh, they're big, and I, you register your TV, which I did, they give you two freaking UHD movies. So, and I believe that's, I, th- I think the picture of a quiet place is there. So I'm going to get two movies. I just haven't really shopped around, but. Get Paranormal Activity 1 and 2 since you <laughs> never got those back in the day. Damn motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> Ryan Rotten, you know who you are. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you're giving me Halloween 2018. I want my paranormal activity DVDs. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this fucking show. I'm I know Patreon. I, I know we. Thank you, Patreon folks. We're gonna put more shit out there. We're gonna do more YouTube yep. stuff. We're gonna do a lot of shit. Yep. But I want to talk about this franchise. Let's talk. Go ahead, talk. Say what you gotta say. I'm after, lost for after- words. After, <laughs> yeah. oh, you after, want me to introduce it now? Okay. After B introduces it, right. All right. Let's start off with The Return of the Living Dead from 1985, directed by Dan O'Bannon. O'Bannon, excuse me. When two bumbling employees at a medical supply warehouse accidentally release a deadly gas into the air, the vapors cause the dead to rise again as zombies. You caught the vapors. You caught the vapors. Dave, <laughs> yeah. you'll be proud of me. Oh, sorry, Christian. No, no, no. I, I want to know why he's proud of you. No, because you know me. I'm not the big music guy, especially the big soundtrack guy. But earlier, I was laying laying around. I was just tired, just relaxing. And I, I had my phone next to me. I'm like, you know what? I need some music. I threw on the uh, Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. Listen to that whole damn thing. Man, that's a great soundtrack. I always knew like people love that soundtrack. And it's you know it's a popular one. But man, that's 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 quality. It's, it's almost on repeat. Constantly, and I actually have the uh, the CD of it. Like I've had it. For That's actually a CD years. I would buy. I mean, I don't really buy CDs anymore. But if I was to buy a CD, I would buy this soundtrack because I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and it adds so much to the film. Phenomenal soundtrack. I've brought this up before, uh, one time on the show, and I think it was also in uh, in you know one of those chats. I think on Horror Corridor, actually, uh, Mr. Watton's page, but. It really, it was from Mr. a while Watton? ago. Watson. Did I say Watton? <laughs> Nobody said, can Mr. talk. M- Mr. Watton? Mr. Watton. <laughs> Mr. Watton, Gil. What'd yeah. you say? <laughs> I, I don't know what I said, but it was Watson is what I meant to say. Ryan Watton? Was, was, oh, was Little sorry. Watton around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Watton. The, I, I say 45 Grave, their party time song rocks, and this is the zombie right. rendition. So they, they change the lyrics for this movie and it, and it works great and it's used in the movie perfectly and it's a kick-ass song. But if you listen to the original version, it is a dark, haunting song. Like, it is fucking dark. Just check out the uh, original version on, like, Apple Music or if you've got the, the, the 45 Graves CD or whatever it may be, LP. Check it out. And those lyrics are fucking dark. Well, don't they play, they play both wow. versions on the soundtrack, right? No, it's it's just the zombie version they call it. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought I thought they had both versions. Oh, okay. No, the original version. It's about like uh, about a couple who kill a kid. Nice. Really? <laughs> and they're, and they're, they're celebratory about it. So it's oh. do you want a party? It's party time, but but it's it's like tongue in cheek because they're happy to be killing somebody. Yeah, I'll, I've got to bring up the lyrics now. So bear with me one awesome. second as I bring up these lyrics. Yeah, it's. I've always thought I was like, this is a fucking dark ass song. Wow, so they're celebrating and they're happy about killing a kid? Wow, it doesn't get much better than that. Holy shit. Okay, so it's like, oh, she kid. never 
Oh, she never had a chance. Oh, she was only five years old. Pity the poor darling now. Oh, she never had a chance. Death come quick for a girl, victim of a homicide. Cut and beaten, brutally raped. The five-year-old didn't escape. Her mom and friend did her in. Cigarette burns on her arms. From her mom and her friend, he had a whip to hit her again. Do you want a party? It's party time. Shit, you We've know what? A party. I'm, it's I'm... party time. It's oh, fucking what? haunting. <laughs> did anyone else get lightheaded because all the blood ran to their penis? Because I really <laughs> did. <laughs> that is in poor taste. That is important. Well, because it's fiction, it's not. It's okay. <laughs> that, that was beautiful. See, was that my Angelou? Was that James? Was that James Joyce? That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Robert Frost. <laughs> Robert. I submitted I like, that as one I, of my uh, poems in uh, university. I think my favorite song on the soundtrack is "Tonight." Tonight is awesome, but let me just say, since you said that, how awesome is it? That there's a second version of it. That little remix later, when fucking when when trash comes back and she yeah. becomes full zombie, and they 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 think to put in a different fucking spin on that song. It's brilliant. It so is. what we're saying out there, folks, is that we love the soundtrack. I think it was on. Well, I know it was on Dave and my top twenty soundtracks. Oh jeez. I think, I think it was sure on. It was, it was yeah. on your guys. I'm pretty we, sure. Well, no, 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 no. Because we did scores. We didn't do soundtracks. Remember? Uh. We kept it. You know what it was? It was a question that was posed to us, and we brought it up as one of the kick-ass soundtracks to a movie. But it wasn't a dedicated episode. That's that's what it was. Good call. That is what it is. And that, yeah, it is a great soundtrack. Obviously. I forgot this was a true story. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. True been... story. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know what's great? And... and... You know, Moods will always talk about this, too, because we talk about this specifically with Fright Night being one of the first horror movies that, that we watched when we were younger, being pretty much the same age. Uh, this was also, if I had to pick, like, four or five films that I watched all the time as a kid, you know, it was Fright Night, it was Return of the Living Dead, it, it was Troll, it was House. Those were, like, four four films right there that, that I watched on repeat. And this film... <laughs> It didn't dawn on me at the time that it was a comedy. This thing terrified me. Got fucking sliced in half dogs crying and barking. You got Tar Man running around. He was a terrifying looking zombie back in the day. Oh, man. Well, this is what Still this is. film does. He balances is great. So 1985 I'm... must be like your favorite year ever. Well, it was. I think it was the year I started watching horror films. Yeah. 1985, 86. I believe he picked 84 when we did it. Because I think... I think... Remember we were gonna do a second show because remember we did the we did the, uh, the the episode ten and we talked about our forty years of horror and I think that me and C agreed that eighty one was the was our favorite. Yeah, and I then, picked eighty. I picked eighty. Eighty. I'm sorry. Okay, not yeah. eighty. Okay. Either I'll way, you, well, I'll tell you what though that that eighty to eighty four and even eighty five that that's man that's some solid years right there. The best years. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think five from any decade. That's probably. The best, I think, but the funny thing is, I think second place would have to beat what's going on now. But that's a, that's another. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that totally. Even though 2018 has been very slow. All right, what what are we doing? We're talking anyway, return, return of the Living Dead. Let's talk about it. Holy shit! I tell you what, I think I, I spoke about this. I know I did because I was thinking uh, maybe it was gonna make the list, or maybe I've just said it on the air before, or maybe not. Maybe just in chat with you guys. I've said that I think that this film is very. Very front-loaded, where the first act is so damn good 
that by the time you get to the third act and everybody comes together, when the punks get into the um, the mausoleum or the crematorium and they hook up, that it's not on the same level as the beginning. So I never would give it a 10 out of 10. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Oh, and I, oh. I couldn't disagree more. Oh, wow. I feel like it, exactly what Dave just said. That I feel like that was spot on. The first act is so amazing and so funny and so... Ah, you're well, right. Uh, however, I didn't finish. Well, this is what I've been saying all along. Now, watching it this time, I showed it to my daughter and I showed it to my wife. And I'm sitting in the room and they're taking it in and I'm watching it. And when I get to the third act, just because... One thing is a 10, and another thing is a 10. And I've said this before. I mean, I have, let's say, 40 movies ranked 10 out of 10. It doesn't mean that they're all The Shining and The Exorcist to me. It just means that I have other movies that are 10 out of 10. Do I think they're as good as The Shining and The Exorcist? No, but they're still a 10 out of 10. So what I was getting at is that as I'm watching this film, I'm taking it in, and I'm trying to watch it from a perspective of a first-timer. And I'm saying, you know what? This stuff is still really good. I'm being biased because the first act is probably one of my favorite acts in all of horror, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the third act is diminished as a result because there's still some really good stuff going on. So I try to set aside that bias. So this view, I can kind of, uh, no, not kind of, I understand why people come in so high. So my opinion was changed. And I, I think it's actually the first two acts that are strong and that the third act is only, it's not that... It's just that the climax it's, kind of blends It's rushed. In. It's rushed, I feel. The fact that really John Russo's script was pretty much trashed, Dan O'Bannon came in, wrote a new script, and Toby Hooper was going to direct it and dropped out oh. because the Tobster, because he couldn't get <laughs> off of Life Force and had to go do that. And then Dan O'Bannon st stepped into the director's chair. I got to say something. I forgot what it was, and I got to find it, but I was watching a movie recently, and there was a trailer for a film before it, and the person said, filmmaker Tobe Hooper. <laughs> Maybe and they listen to post-mortem radio. No, it was, an old, it was an old movie. I gotta find it. I can't remember where it was because Oz is not wrong anymore. I, for, I was gonna write to you and tell you, you gotta watch this trailer. I can't remember what it was, though. Wait I'll a minute. You're I'll gonna find. take what one guy said and declare it as us being wrong? Because no, two we're, people... not, we're not wrong. I'm just, I'm just going to say Oz isn't as wrong because this other guy was wrong with him. Oh, 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 that old theory. Okay, okay. That's fine. Right, Can you believe that? Movie. No. Toby Hooper was supposed to direct it. Would it have worked? Because this is where he was kind of Would've like... It, you never know, because he was at that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Would he have been mm -hmm. able to balance it? It would have been, it would have been interesting to see, but I thought for a first-time director, Dan O'Bannon nailed it. He had a vision, went for it. People weren't thinking it was going to work. And it is probably one of the best examples of uh, comedy horror. Oh, yeah. And James Karen's performance is just oh. phenomenal as Frank. He just, every joke in the first, every joke in the entire movie from him just lands. Just him. The way he acts. <laughs> how, how, how fucking... Uh, dramatic he is. Oh, when he throws up, yeah. <laughs> all his reactions are even brutal. how he's even how he's talking to Freddy in the beginning. He's just talking to him like he's retarded. He's yeah. talking to him like he's a moron. Everything he said, he's saying it's slow. The way he tells him the whole night of living dead's a true story. And he's 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 telling the story that happened in 1969, even though the movie came out in 68. 
So right then and there, it's like they intentionally left that in to show that the character is just completely lying and and making it up. But uh, it's just a great performance. All the performances uh, I, are great. Clue again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Like He's a I never even knew the Burton Ernie stuff until like probably a few years ago. The whole Burton yeah. Ernie. And it wasn't intentional. And it wasn't intentional. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Are you fucking serious? It was not intentional. Really? It really wasn't. Dan O'Bannon says it was not intentional. Wow. Okay. Wow. That sucks. <laughs> at least, at least that's what I read when doing the research. When doing my research, that's what I read in in uh, in interesting facts about the film. Well, because he, it seems like it'd be intentional, but it, it really wasn't. You know, there was so much. Uh, There's a whole two-hour documentary on this. I'm More brain. Yeah, and that that's a great documentary. I recommend it if you're a fan of this film to check that documentary out. Uh, I'm assuming it's on the on the Scream Factory. It is Blu-ray, but it's also for those of you that don't have the Blu-ray or can't get the Blu-ray or can't afford the Blu-ray. It's also on YouTube, so take it for what it is. It's on yep. there for for you to watch. Uh, it's a great documentary. The practical effects in this film, Whew. like this is this movie hit home on every when I was. 15 and i was watching this movie uh, probably for maybe even 14 because i think i saw this right at the beginning of really watching a lot of horror films it had the gore it had the nudity ah trash it had the music it had the scares and i want to correct myself i said it earlier i said this is a perfect example of comedy horror no this is a perfect example of horror comedy and the reason i'm going to state that is because the next film that we're going to be talking about would be comedy horror, and we'll get there. Right. But I'm just saying, uh, just you're, to correct right. myself. And I agree with everything you just said because I, I I saw it at that same age, and I was you know that's when I was balls deep into it, and, and I was 13, 14, you know what I mean? Uh, there I was, and yeah, fucking, it landed at the perfect time, and everything was great, and used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. And again, that first act is what I always remember the most. I always go back, and that's the that's the great part is that I'm not really a, a horror comedy type of guy, and for me, most of the comedy is in that first act. Yes, most right, most of the stuff with with with, with Tom Matthews and James Karen and what's going on, and the, <laughs> like for me, the part that makes me laugh the hardest is when they first of all how cool it is when you see the split dog, <laughs> but second of all when he hits it with a crutch. Yes. <laughs> So hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh, and he's yelling and he's fucking he's in the motherfucking And then the dog's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's kind of sad, but I mean Man, the split dog terrified me as a kid, but watching it now, it's absolutely hilarious. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Just their performances, I mean, they're at times I think it's almost unintentionally funny. I'm with you. Ernie is just a, a hilarious character. Ernie, Ernie is hilarious. Uh, the rabid weasel, or the whole, well, he didn't say rabid weasels. That was crap. But the, his his whole is just his eyes, the way that he interacts, just like the fact that he has a gun with him. <laughs> he's he's packing. He's in a freaking mortuary. He's yeah. packing. But that they wanted it as part of his well, that, character because he's a, like a German. That's the, that's the gun he. That's the gun he used to kill Bernie Lomax with. Because he's the one who kills Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's. Really? Yeah. What a tie-in. So Friday the 13th, the new Brandon, and and, <laughs> uh, and Return of the Living Dead have a Weekend at Bernie's double tie-in. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. 
There we just go. like we had, uh, just like we had Hans Gruber die hard with Reanimator time. <laughs> wow, six degrees of Brandon. I thought there was one one scene where, towards the end of the film, didn't it look like? And I don't know if this was ever a thought that they were gonna go with, but didn't it look like Ernie was gonna shoot Tina, like to spare her the inevitable? Yeah. He holds the gun it, right to her head. What does he it does, look like? right? <laughs> No, but he, he doesn't. He, like, he holds it up to her head, but they never really did anything with that. No, but that was, I think it was because he was thinking, I'm going to do it. But then, then Tom Matthews breaks through the door, it freeze frames, and we get that yeah. whole ending. Yeah. What, what a way to end the film, too. I mean, I know we're, awesome. we're all over the place as usual here, but it's just Whatever. like, it's a, a, a slam dunk. I mean, whatever movie pretty much nukes as a resolution. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't it have been better if they had had a, a few more kills in there, especially when it came to the, uh, you know, the gang, you know, you I don't, you, you don't see spider, you don't see Casey or Chuck. I mean, that whole line between Casey and Chuck was pretty funny when Casey turns to Chuck and is like, Chuck, I never did like you. <laughs> right. she, she was a stripper in real life. Hey, eh? she wasn't even really an actress. She's pretty too. Dan really yeah, she was a stripper, and Dan she was O'Bannon in Slasher.com. That's that's who was in Slasher.com. She was the mother in Slasher.com. I just because I looked her up to see what she had done recently, and <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow, and I thought didn't I, I think I, I think I said she was still pretty in that movie too. So there you go. Yeah, wow. you could tell. You could tell she's she's a, a pretty girl. So she was a stripper, yet she kept her clothes on. Well, there was something about that. She was just done with it at that point. She said she was supposed to come in and play trash. And then, and fu- funny enough, at that point, the character was called Legs. And then the woman that they had for the character of Legs was pregnant. So she couldn't be in the <laughs> show, uh, movie. And then um, Linnea quickly was brought on board. Thank like, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> because no one else could pull it off the way she pulled it off. Oh, phenomenal. Boy. Iconic scene. Dude, yes, and her performance, some people think, I've heard people say that they think it's bad, but I think that's the character. She's like, oh, let's do that. You know what, I think she's supposed to be kind of spaced out fucking weirdo, so that's why her delivery of lines is that. I'm not saying she's an A-list actress, of course not. No, no, but yeah. Yeah, that's I totally mean, that's totally character. You could tell she's not. She's talking about being fantasized, being killed by a bunch of old men, ripping her apart. I mean, yeah. it's funny how it, it works. Yeah, her it works there. Like I, I can understand why some people think that because especially if you watch the rest of her, her filmography, they may draw conclusions based on some of the other movies. But no, right. this for this particular film, it works for the character, and they're all great characters. I love Suicide, dude. All of them. The- suicide. The cast of characters, top to bottom, I don't know. Maybe it's second to none. They just left too right. many alive for, for the ultimate conclusion. Yes, I thought but... I thought especially once Trash comes back, which is such a cool scene when she attacks the the homeless guy, I, I felt like she should have maybe gone on a rampage and, and should have killed some of her friends, but it just it didn't play out. That's where I felt like there was a missed opportunity. Not that I hated it or anything. Not that it hurt the film because the film is still great and so much fun. But that's where I felt there was maybe a missed opportunity. Too, maybe a little bit too much overboard, even though it was funny with the uh, send more paramedics, send more cops. It's like, all right. Like, it's funny, but like. When I watched the movie initially, I thought they stepped on their own joke because yep. they already had the gag of send more paramedics. They, yeah. they, they should have edited out to send more cops. It was I the know. same joke and if i have to again be nitpicky you don't need it twice it, it yeah. actually takes away from the the initial impact but 
so so be it. Love what do you movie. guys think about the talking half skeleton? Oh, okay. You know what I think about it? My favorite zombie of all time. Really? Huh, love that fucking love that scene. Love everything about it. Love the hmm. way it looks. Love what it says and what love the love the look. Everything. Love what it says. Didn't necessarily love the sound of the voice. Oh, really? That's half yeah. the fun of it, though. It's like that that kind of sultry sort of voice. Uh, yeah. Obviously, ADR'd over there, but like you see that's just that with the the spine the, from the back, the of wagging head. spine. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and how she takes a chunk. Uh, dude's head. I can't remember his name now. Peaches. I don't know what his name. But he gets that. Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, it is. And then and the geyser of blood that just paints the wall red. Yes. And it's funny. Yes. I thought her hair was red. Then I realized it no, it's it white. It's cut blood red. It was scuzz. Scuzz. Chuck lived yeah. <laughs> until the very end. Ah, so scuzz. Chuck should have been killed. Peaches. Millions of peaches. Peaches, peaches. for me. Remember that was peaches. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you made it up. Yeah. I didn't He's think it was a peach. There was nobody named Peaches. <laughs> so then who was it? It Scuzz. was Scuzz. Yeah. I can't remember Scuzz. I remember Suicide. I remember... Scuzz was the smaller version of Suicide. He had a mohawk also. He looked kind of scuzzy. Oh, he barely said fucking two words. Yeah. Okay. Okay, back to this. Okay, well, two things. Linnea, pardon me, trash should have attacked freaking Chuck. That would have been cool because Chuck is horny. He wants to fuck. So let's say he comes, she comes back. In, uh, in all honesty, I, I, if I was in there, I'd still fuck her because her body was absolutely <laughs> tremendous. So I could see a horny teen still, you know, wanting to fuck her. That would have been a funny gag. You know what I mean? But whatever. That, that's that's more Night of the Demons, I guess. What was I getting at? Um, oh, this cast. Is and this more the way this movie is presented. The reason this movie is such a hit is because this is basically when you see these kids in the beginning and even the people in the warehouse in the beginning. This movie, cast wise, is set up like a slasher film that just happens to be a zombie film. It's mm. the only one of its kind. No other zombie films look this way. This is teenagers and a couple of adults doing a job. This is typical slasher setup. No question about it. I feel like you've said this before on an episode. I, I have said it before, but I yeah. think I, it, I think it bears repeating because I think that is what makes this movie such a hit. There's no other film like it. There really any zombie film does not look anything like this. You could look at the Italian zombie films, of course not. Anything, even the modern zombie films, nothing is set up this way. No, I I agree with that. For, for me, the missed opportunity comes in not utilizing trash enough in the third act. I do like the fact that the uh, the zombies are fast-moving. They're almost no two are alike, which I like. Because you got, you got Tar Man who's slow-moving. Yeah, he's one of the original, you know, bodies that the army is looking for. And I love that army general, that, that horse guy. Yeah. When, he comes, when he comes home, he's like, what's your dinner? Lamb chops, your favorite. I had them for lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great script. That's great script. That's that's great comedy. It's yeah. just subtle, but it's hilarious. Just it, even in just the delivery, it's his not like wife's, a laugh out loud. His wife's joke. reaction is fantastic. <laughs> How's her day? The <laughs> usual crap. <laughs> <laughs> Who eats lamb chops for lunch, though? Have you ever heard of such a thing? Why eat lamb chops? Put, well, they should have said something else. That that's why it's funny because it's so ridiculous. It's like lamb chops. That is true. That that. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I can see it now. I've seen it so many times. I can agree with the fact that 
it might have been a cool idea to maybe have something else happen with suicide because they don't really say just because suicide's brains got eaten his head was still sort of intact I guess yeah he should have turned something should have happened should have turned exactly so they really uh could have brought some of these people back as part of the mob at the end and had them attacking their friends even if it was yeah. just them coming up to the doors but i think they were really interested in the next level being bringing the police so the all the police cars coming in because it's a kind of a funny scene unto itself. All the police cars come in with the zombie cop escorting him in with the light. <laughs> yeah. And all the zombies are hiding behind the bushes <laughs> to attack. So it's like, now, get them! <laughs> the zombies come and attack the cops, which I think is hilarious. But I think that's yeah. what they wanted to do. They wanted it with the helicopter and with all the cars. They wanted to add like this mass chaos. And that's what this movie excels at. Is you really have this kinetic energy throughout and this feeling of unsettledness like because of this mass chaos yeah it's sort of confined to this one area but they keep talking about it breaking out then they nuke louisville kentucky at the end only to have the rain take care of the fires and, and start the whole thing over again oh that whole thing the first time it happens it's a brilliant fucking concept uh, of the the trioxin being in the air and then and them smoking out the fucking people and the rain bringing it back in and seeping into the ground what an idea who would have even thought of that man oh it was great yes, they, you said you wanted to treat the, the smoke as a character yes so cool such a no one's ever done it before what what a, what a concept and here's something else I did. when you were talking about the zombies and that they were running and everything and they were thinking did you ever notice that that's never a critique for this film, but for a whole bunch of other films, like from the 2000s and onward, Don't that that's everything. a major critique. Zombies are running. Zombies are thinking yeah. too much. Nobody ever points at this film and says that's a problem. Isn't that weird? That's that's weird. It's it's something I actually like. It's something I even from like the 80s when uh, Nightmare City, when Umberto Lenzi did Nightmare City, the one thing about that, and, and people don't really say that they're necessarily zombies, it's like, they look more like burn victims, but they, they are zombie-ish, and uh, and they're they're running full speed, and I think it's just more terrifying that way. Well, that's it. They're, I, they're running, and they're thinking, yeah, and, and they're plotting, because they're hiding behind bushes to attack cops. Like, it's yeah. great. It's great <laughs> stuff. And send, send more cops. <laughs> guys, I know, again, another cool thing, the Resurrection Cemetery. I love the signage right. for that. I love the name, Resurrection Cemetery. I like the fact that that whole thing was a set. This movie has everything going for it. Dave, you've used this term like, like I, well, you use it for describing Sleepaway Camp, but I, I use it for this type of movie, the lightning in a the bottle. They just captured an energy in this, in this film, and it was just a good combination of everything. Gore, scares, comedy, great ensemble, great script, great acting, great gags, and, and it, it just clicks along. I finished this movie, and I could easily just start it right over again. Yeah, you're right. They did capture lighting in a bottle because it, it, you know, not to spoil anything that's about to come up, but it, it, it was never duplicated again. No, and it's a shame that it wasn't because, granted, it's still lightning in a bottle, but... Uh, well, we'll get to them when we get to them. But I'm just saying. It, I it, found it interesting to read that uh, James Cameron's character, the Frank, was actually supposed to become a full zombie and become part of the mob. But he didn't want to film in the rain. So oh, he, well, he actually suggested the whole scene where he sacrificed himself, which is actually a pretty, like, upsetting scene. 
it's awesome. It's one of the best moments of the film. It, oh, yeah, it is. I, I always remember – that's another scene that I always remember watching it from when I was younger and thinking, this isn't comedy. You know, no. what did I know what comedy was? It was terrifying to me. But I always found that deeply unsettling as a kid, and it's still sad and unsettling. And an interesting fact, and this has come from the commentary, and I don't want to just regurgitate facts, but because you brought that scene up, supposedly they – cut back the scream so he says his scream was way louder and more in your face at the end when he's like the blood curdling scream of the fire i guess engulfing his body even though we don't see yeah. it just from the outside that they thought it was just too horrific so they sort of lowered the volume on it to, wow to make it softer interesting and the, and the song burn like you know burn yes. as it plays on there great choice of music oh perfect perfection how he puts the ring on the thing yeah and it's sad because his wife never found out that he left it there because of the nukes. But, I mean, what a heavy scene for a film like this. You know? Yeah. But it's great. You know what I mean? I say what you want about the comedy, but, man, that's... And going back to what you were saying, Dave, I think the other thing that's so great, and, again, we, we keep going back to it, and it's the script, but the plot devices, as you said, a movie today would have been like, oh, we opened this container, oh, we're all zombies, oh, we're attacking everybody. we got to stop it. This one is... Oh, we opened this container. We got knocked out. We're sweaty and kind of not right. Oh, my God. A dead cadaver and half dogs are, are, are coming to life. We've got to deal with this cadaver. We've got to cut this thing up because the, the brain's not killing it. They must have lied in the movie. Another funny thing. And then they have to cut that thing up, burn it. And that's what starts the mass chaos. But it's the way they play with it. It's not that simple. They go through all this other rigmarole to kind of cover the tracks, save the day, keep it from getting any worse. And that's yeah. what makes it worse. And that is where I say beautiful script, beautiful and job. That's, and, that's where, and that's where the comedy gold comes in, you know, be between, you know, Frank and Freddie, just their Great. slow transformation. And, of course, Bert coming back into it because – Luguliger is great. He's just so <laughs> he's so calm and rational, like the whole movie. Like he's done this before, and it's just every decision just leads to just more mayhem. I was looking, he runs the crematorium. He's like a crematorium. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you could trust a bastard? <laughs> James Karen, his lines are great. You oh, got to give it up for Tom Matthews too. For yeah. a, a new kid on the block there. I thought he did he did a great job and they work you figure that they must have been rehearsing together forever. Yeah, but for I, a new kid on the block he had the right stuff. Oh. <laughs> 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 fucking guy. That's fucking guy. <laughs> but I'll tell you, that chemistry between them is natural. Those two in in, in that first act and everything that's going down. How about <laughs> I mean, all those lines, I mean, you could just go on and on with with them, everything that they're saying. You mean the movie lied and all that shit? <laughs> How about, though, here's a little uh, thing I noticed. When Frank calls fucking, calls yeah. Bert, uh, Bert, and he fixes yeah. his hair. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and, and, he, and he's even, like, adjusting his sweaty shirt. That is, that's comedic acting genius. Did you read the eye chart? Oh, yeah, Bert is an asshole or something like that. <laughs> What is it? It said something like. Uh, My daughter Bert. noticed it. Frankie noticed it. She goes, Bert, oh, look, this is the chart. I've noticed it before, but you know. Bert is a slave driver and a cheap son of a bitch who is also going bald. Ha ha. <laughs> That's what it reads out to. Oh fuck! Not a bad question, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Here's what I noticed the very, very first time. Something I noticed not until this watch. You you know what it says on fucking on Freddy's jacket? Fuck off. Is that fuck you or something? Fuck you. I've never noticed it until now. All these years. I, I don't know. I don't know why. But I never. I, of course, I got the new TV and the new Blu-ray and everything else. But I mean, I never noticed it because it has the look of like a sport jacket. So I just never glanced at it. But this time I was like, that jacket says "fuck you" on the back. It, it's kind of funny, you know. What does Frank yell at him? Watch your tone if you want. If you like this job, yeah. Watch like your... this job. <laughs> yeah. Like this... uh... Watch your tongue if you like this job. Stupid yeah. asshole. Right. <laughs> Right from the uh, opening shots, you need a medical from this is based on a true story. Even the, the code names, people start laughing at like when they're like, Niner, Rhubarb. Well, usually you hear like Echo, Charlie, Bravo. I've never heard Rhubarb, but that was funny anyway. Even if they use it, it's still funny. Fucking Foxtrot. What the fuck is a Foxtrot? Have you ever even heard of Foxtrot outside of military language? Why would you it's pick a, that word? It's a dance, right? Is it a dance? A foxtrot? <laughs> yeah, it's an old, it's an old like uh, ballroom dance. The foxtrot. Oh, like the Charleston? Yeah, the Charleston and the foxtrot. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess if I guess if it's not a made up word, I I, I can't talk shit. But that's always <laughs> bothered me. Foxtrot. I'm like, what? Fox. Anything? Just say fragile or fucking. I don't know. Freddy. Fucking Freddy. foxtrot. But whatever. <laughs> Freddy foxtrot. Alpha Charlie Bert Ernie. <laughs> I love when he cuts his pants off. Oh, even yeah. Just that, even just that. It's like, I, like, who thought to put that in there? Like, I wonder if he just did that on his own. Like, okay, the, the zombie's going to pull on your, grab your leg and rip your pants. I wonder if the actor just thought to himself, it would be really funny if I sit down and just meticulously take a, a scalpel and start sh- cutting my pants off. It's just, it's hilarious. It's how long no he reason. does it, too. It takes a long time. Yeah, it's, yeah he's doing yeah. it very meticulously. <laughs> How about when the kids come to the door and the first thing he says to them, are you on PCP? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, by the way, suicide. Is that Vic from fucking Nightmare 5? Yes. There's two Nightmare 5 alumni in this. Yes. Yes, there is. Isn't that, that is it? Vic. It was Demon. Suicide and, uh, yeah, Demon, which I just wanted to bring up because his character in this, Spider. Friday 5, you mean. Friday 5. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Friday 5. I said Nightmare 5. Sorry, Friday yeah, 5. Yeah, no, okay, that's why I got confused. I'm Friday like, Friday 5. Friday and when, five. then when you said Demon, I'm like, okay. Friday 5 alumni. Sorry. We just did the Nightmare series, so I guess it's still fresh on my mind. But McGill, <laughs> Nunez, Nunez Jr., he's got some amazing dialogue in this movie. He's absolutely fun to watch. He's a great character. He almost kind of has that heroic moment, and it ends up being all for nothing, really. And yeah, I just Still. love like his character in this movie. Got a lot of soul glow in this movie. He's really <laughs> glowing. <laughs> He's he, great. Yeah, they said he was homeless when he was cast in this film. How about when he says, "I try, I try not to think about dying too much." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, she, she was nuts, trash talking about that. She was great. Oh, oh. she's great, but that's like crazy talking. He's just like. Yeah, I try not to think about that too much. I want to get her on the show. I want to get her on. If we can find a movie to review, she, I think I can get her to come on with us. Oh, absolutely. When I met her, she's a very approachable person, really nice individual. And Linnea? Yeah. yeah. I met her back at the Fangoria Weekend of Horrors. Not, again, uh-huh. they did a zombie thing, and we filmed it on stage. It was uh, That's going back uh-huh. to 91. <laughs> when she was wow. smoking Cheech and Chong style. So, Man. This movie is shitloads of fun. 
Mm-hmm. It was on my top 20. I blew oh, my load right. on it before, so it should come as no surprise where I'm coming in for my ranking, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. I'm going to mention one more thing. I love the angle about the rigor mortis setting in with the two guys. Rigor well, mortis? that whole thing with them being dead and switching the fucking when the paramedics come and they're they're, they're, i don't get a heartbeat here and this and And then they they switch great dialogue you see you're seeing the comedy in the beginning but then you got that carrying it through like there's enough of that shit carrying it through man there is enough i just think that it's you know 75 percent of it's the first act that's all i'm saying it's still there i just you know what i mean but man that's another – there's no other movie I've seen it with that concept of rigor mortis setting. And to, to whoever – the script, the, just the idea of doing that and have them getting sick and doing their shit and freaking, you know, what happens. To, and they set up for it because that guy would know. That's his job. And you see that he's working out the rigor mortis earlier. He's talking about defending the bones and – you know what I mean? Man, I tell you. Yeah, very so, cool. The callbacks, yeah. small callbacks like that enriched the script again i just he said he wanted them intentionally step in on each other's dialogue at the beginning that's why when they're walking and they're playing the music it, the dialogue is so like you might think it's pacing issues but he said he wanted that it just, it just adds to that kinetic tension of this movie i'm with you it's great i have asked i have a question this is a nitpick maybe i never noticed it until this time when freddie's girlfriend i forget her name i have tina. to apologize tina runs and she's trying to get inside for what seems like a little bit of a time. Um, she's trying to get into where Freddy is. Either. Yeah. Okay. All of a sudden, the rain comes and she just suddenly opens the door and walks in. Did I miss something? If I'm not mistaken, I don't think she actually tries to get in. I think she's just knocking and wondering why no one's coming to get her or opening the door. Then the rain yeah. comes and then she just goes in. Yeah, it's it's open because they all left to go to the crematorium. So oh. she's. They didn't lock it because they were in full panic because they had to get rid of those uh, weasels. Okay, rabid weasels. Okay, rabid all right. <laughs> okay, well then there you go. Not 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 a fault. Nothing wrong with it. That's great. I mean, what else can we say? Shit. Let's. Uh... They sh- they should have featured the lamb chops more. <laughs> no, they should have had lamb chop that puppet. He should have been in the movie. Remember him? Sherry <laughs> lamb, lamb chop. chop. <laughs> Sherry Lewis. Yeah, there you go. Sherry yeah. Lewis and Lamb. Speaking of names, did you guys see that in the opening credits, there's somebody in this movie by the name of Kathleen Cordell. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yep. <laughs> Kathleen Cordell. Yep. <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, what, what a great movie. What, what else can we say? The score's great. The soundtrack's great. Just things you don't see in other zombie films. I mean, come on. That tracking shot is awesome, too. Like I said before, with the rain coming, and then it go, and then going underground, and the yeah, fucking... Why the they shoe. replay the exact same scene later? I don't know. At the very end of the... At the end of the film, with the skeleton rising up, which is awesome, and do you want a pod? Is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So fucking great. You, um, you don't care, like... You don't care that they no, recycled the shots, because it's care. such a cool exclamation mark slam cut ended. Like, it's just perfect. They had the brilliant idea of recapping some of the best dialogue sequences that happened throughout the movie. It's almost as if they knew they had something good here that they're going to recut it for the final credit montage there. Awesome. And you guys realize when, when the zombie, the first zombie, which by the way, that zombie melting with the opening credits, oh, 
fucking amazing. I love it. They had, we talked about the soundtrack. We didn't necessarily talk about the score, but the score the, to the opening track, God, it, it's so fucking good. It fits the film perfectly. And that cadaver, when it first runs out, that naked guy, <laughs> you realize yeah. he gets out, he runs directly at Bert. He yeah. ain't tackled Bert. <laughs> he goes, Whoa! like at the screen that Bert has is, is, is comedy genius too. Oh, God. Oh, so funny. So, so good. So good. But yeah, all the performances are great. It's fucking awesome. Like I said, I came, I came around, I, I stepped back and I watched the third act and I said, you know what? This is still really good horror. So what that I prefer the first act? It doesn't make, it doesn't mean that the third act is not fucking still awesome. So I've come up, uh, it, it's 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, awesome. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm not that quite high because I still have a few nitpicks that I think could have been done better. I just, I, I don't know why, just the voice of the, uh, of the female skeleton just, just bothered me. It just didn't Are hit me. Are you today. serious? Not the voice. people. Brains. You don't it understand? Felt, it felt. It, 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 was, it was goofy and it wasn't funny. I felt like that maybe could have been a little bit more of a serious moment. Oh, man. yeah, but in this movie, I it, know, I know, it's weird because, but Frank again has this serious moment where he sacrifices himself, you know, because he doesn't want to turn. And of course, in the in the third act, instead of focusing so much on zombie cops and zombie mobs, I would have loved for for trash to have featured more and a few more people get killed, a few more main characters, I should say. You know, maybe kill Spider, kill Chuck, kill Casey. You know, too many people maybe kill Bert. You know, too many people are alive when, when the missile comes. Oh, what is that? You hear that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so obvious it's a missile. I know, right? What else would you I love it. I love it. I love it. But who I love wants it. to believe that? Think about this. No, that- I know. I, would be, I, would, I wouldn't want to believe it either. And I love how the army is just so casual. Yeah, it's only like 5,000 dead. Yeah. It was 20. Yeah, it's just, we minimize casualties. I mean, I still, I still really love it. It's a, it's a childhood memory, and uh, there's a lot of nostalgia for it. I'm not quite a ten, but I, I'm at a solid nine. Well, right. get ready to induct it into the Hall of Fame. I was a little worried that you're coming in a bit lower, because yeah. as you well know, I've rated this a ten out of ten. It's on my top twenty. It was one of my, it was my favorite horror movie at one point in time, and it's still in that top ten, uh, and so it's a ten out of ten. Awesome. Nice. Nice. 29. Nice. Inducted. That's fucking wonderful. One more thing. <laughs> I was talk- thinking about that scene. The pain of being dead. <laughs> fucking the reaction that fucking Ernie has. He goes, he goes, you mean it hurts to be dead? And he looks all scared. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Little subtle fucking things like that. <laughs> I don't know why the voice just bothered me for some reason. Wow. I don't know why. I don't get it, but I could understand that as a complaint. I I, I could. That's fine. I mean, I, I've seen things I didn't like the voice on some things either. So yeah, I don't have a problem with it. But you know, different. But stuff. the explanation, like you said earlier, it's it's so great. They really Oof. pay attention to detail really well in this film for something that's just kind of batshit and goofy. They that you know you talk about a great script. There's a lot of great attention to detail throughout the whole thing. And, and and they continue with it in the sequels. It's just other things fall way short in, in the sequels, and we'll get to those soon. Indeed, yeah, very will. soon. Indeed, yes. Indubitably, yeah. When we get back, we're gonna have a triple R, and then we're gonna go into part two. And yeah, that's the theme of the night: triple R followed by feature, rock and roll. Hope you guys like this format because we do. But yeah, <laughs> trips on the flips. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. and Yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that I think sure why not well you know what I don't know maybe we're overthinking this whole thing how about if we just tell people where to find us I like that you can find us at who will survive on iTunes Stitcher on the Legion podcast network and on the raw live and unedited podcasting network also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name oh wait can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool and we're back okay triple <laughs> R <hour> time <laughs> triple R. this one is selected by our patron paul garcia it's 1974's made for tv kill dozer Kill those. What we have to say about this film? It's a funny title. A small construction crew on an island is terrorized when some strange spirit-like being takes over a large bulldozer and goes on a killing rampage. This one is directed by Jerry London. I will say one thing. I think Stephen King snorted a bunch of coke, watched this movie, and then said, "I gotta write Maximum Overdrive." (laughs) Right. I feel you, man. I think he he went on a big binge, and this happened to be on the TV, and he said, fuck it. Asteroid, and all trucks and cars are evil. Yeah, th- this one th- this one is a much simpler premise. We get an alien rock at the beginning. It lands near a construction, construction site. The crew is working to build. I think they're building an airstrip or something. And one of the the crew leader gets in the bulldozer, hits the rock, the energy is transferred into the bulldozer, and then all of a sudden has a mind of its own and it starts killing people. And that and yeah. that is it. But and it that's kills the whole people movie, pretty much. very slowly, yet they don't ever want to do anything about it because they don't want to let on that anything wacky's happening there. And it's an hour and fifteen minutes. It's not boring because it's so short. However, not much happens. It's I mean, got a good cast. It's got a good cast of of, of name actors. I mean, yes, you got it does. you got Neville Brandon there. You got you got some other guys who are who are well known. Uh, Clint Walker. Clint Walker, yeah, who's who's the lead. It's it's a it's a good cast. I think the issue for me with this film is for for a short film like this called Killdozers, I want cool kills from the bulldozer, and they're not that cool because it's made for TV. So there's really no gore. And, and it's almost silly. I almost think of that scene in Austin Powers where the guy's screaming when the uh, the bulldozer's like a mile away from him, moving at like a mile an hour. Yeah, <laughs> because that that's really me. what it is. They ta- I read this in you know like the trivia section that the D nine bulldozer 
moves at like a speed of like 7.3 miles per hour and the average human jogs at 8.4 so technically they could have jogged the whole movie and just stayed ahead of this bulldozer but that's fine like i'm not gonna nitpick that because that's not an issue because you're you're obviously gonna suspend belief and just go along with a goofy movie called killdozer but, but it's not goofy that's a, it's goofy in the sense of the the premise. bulldozer hit the premise the bulldozer hit the damn alien thing but they play it fucking straight which yeah. is the weirdest yes. part of it all like yeah. when people die the they give them part. proper burials and they're like and they're like <laughs> drinking to them and, and they're doing you're like are you fucking kidding me oh, that's great that's I, the best part i know but you're you're like seriously so like but they call it killdozer still so you okay. you, you have this wacky premise with a a, a schlocky name that almost over promises something and then they deliver this sort of straight laced movie that's still padded I mean, I said it clicked along, but I'll, maybe I will step back a bit. It still kind of feels padded for an hour and fifteen, because it's like well, they're at the main sh- the main scene, then they realize shit's going down, so they they just try to go to the higher level, and it's still bad, and it's like literally takes place in three different areas of this construction site that they're on. Yeah, I do like the fact that the killdozer is actually an intelligent being. Whatever's transferred in there is yes. an intelligent being, and I do like how it's outthinking these men. It, it you know it attacks them with the rocks off the cliff. It gets into <laughs> positions where it actually traps them and kills some of them. That's cool. It's just. Make this as just a regular movie, like a Maximum Overdrive. Take the TV out of it, and you could add gore to some of these kills, and that was awesome. And I, I agree with you, Christian. I feel like even though it was well done playing it straight, it it, it should have been goofy with a title like that. Fuck that. No, no. No, it should have been. With a title like no, Killdozer, yes. It. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. That's that's where I have to disagree, because if this movie was made nowadays and it would be called Killdozer, it would be goofy. Everybody on the camera would fucking be in on the joke. It'd be nod and wink. They'd be fucking <laughs> patronizing. They'd be playing up the fucking thing. That's what sucks about modern fucking comedy horror, that uh, that you can't have a ridiculous... Back in these days, you can have a ridiculous premise with something called Killdozer and still play it straight. There's still some unintentional comedy, which to me is 100% better than when they try to make things funny nowadays. Don't you think it's funnier? Didn't you get more laughs watching something like this and and when that one guy can't get away, which makes no sense, and he crawls into that fucking pipe and ends up getting killed? <laughs> yeah, that was that was like the stupidest. He keeps falling every two seconds. He's like, but, he stands up, he trips. He stands up, he trips, and he's like, oh, I'm going to hide in this pipe, and then he just gets fucking rammed. Yes, it- it's ridiculous, but it's funny. That's what that, that's what I'm saying. You can watch this movie with your friends and fucking and, and have laughs at it instead of watching a fucking sci-fi movie now, because that's where it would be made for nowadays, and it would be a fucking schlock fest, and it would be shit. That's why I pref- this is what horror. This is what it should be. This I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. I I totally see your point, and again, yeah. having having good actors. There's character good, development. In yeah, this. there's character development. They give good performances. You're right in that sense. It's just the title and and the lack of 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 gore hurts this yeah, film. It's a TV movie. It's about a possessed fucking bulldozer. <laughs> what would you have called it? So you're you're going by title alone. So instead of calling it Killdozer, you're saying if they would have called it um, Heavy Machinery or some fucking stupid Heavy Machinery. Like what is this? A porno about me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit, dude! What? We, I I, I guess yeah. I'm, 
well, I had never seen this, but I had heard of this film before, so I was killed. Those so I'm like, oh, this is gonna be goofy fun. They don't and, do goofy fun it, in 1974. Yeah, there was not really nothing goofy or fun in the 70s, was there? Well, there, I mean, in a way, like Deranged came out at the same time, and it's a little bit goofy, and you know, there's some. Wow, sh- you you find Deranged goofy? I find that like highly depressing. <laughs> okay, this line here. Oh, I can, I I can date her. She's fat. That's not fucking goofy. Ezra Cobb, fucking some of the goofy. Ezra, Ezra always creep me out. Yeah, but he has goofy. Movie you guys talk, you talk about a different the, movie. Deranged. Yeah. The, the, the one uh, where See, he plays basically You can't even talk game. about the movie we're talking about in a round-robin review because there's nothing to talk about. You you set up the premise, it plays out. There's serious actors in there. They take it seriously. I cannot. I found the movie to be run-of-the-mill. Like I guess I'm glad I saw it. I added it to my watch list. Uh, I mean it, no disrespect, but it's not a good movie. The goofiest part about it was the sound effects when the Killdozer finally takes over after being possessed. They started playing some really goofy like soundtracks to it. <laughs> really, really bad. I did like when uh, Dutch, when he's like, he's, he's I mean, he starts drinking, he flips. He, he flips, and he's like, I'm going swimming. And then, yeah. and then he has the showdown. He doesn't even put up a fight against. He's like, "Fuck this!" But the <laughs> the showdown with the shovel was pretty cool. But for me, the issue there t- toward towards the end was they have the showdown with the shovel, and they get out of the shovel and they run away. And here, this machine has been so intelligent the whole time. The, the machine stays by the shovel for way too long while these other two are running away and plotting their next scheme to try and destroy the killdozer. I can't believe I'm even saying these yeah. words. Like I'm I, see, I can't either. The fact <laughs> yeah. that you're thinking, like, I, this movie was one of those ones that just happened in front of me, and I'm like, oh, thank God it's only an hour and 15. No, I agree. And when it was I'm, done, I'm I mean, there's nothing. Life. I mean, I'm not going to sink it. I will never watch it again. Brutally average. I mean, I can't, I don't want to fail it. It's not a zero because there's there was production value here and everything like that, but nothing was intriguing to me. Five out of hey, ten. You, really? They yeah. five out of ten? Five. It's just average. It's nothing. That's, nothing, that's exact. Yeah. That's exactly where I am. I can't agree more with this. With this just being just perfectly average. I'm trying to nitpick it for the sake of giving you know, Paul. You know, Sorry, who picked Paul. it for yeah. us. It, 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 you know, just the you know the benefit of the doubt of some things that I thought could have been better. But yeah, it, it was painfully average. You know, a great cast of characters that that probably thought they were making a much better movie. <laughs> now, I wonder if I caught this when I was younger on TV, and it just happened to be one of those movies I grew up with. If I would have had a, a special, I don't know if that's what happened with Paul or not. But you know, again, just to give Paul a little bit more just desserts for picking this for us. Like I watch it, and I, I gave you my 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 thing. It just sort of I was like, I expected more. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. I, I like the character development and the arcs. I, I like things that happen with that guy who's a hard ass at first, that, that Kelly guy and what's going on and how, how the guys are drunk and everything. There's little fucking subplots to this film that go through, and it's an hour and 15 minutes, and you learn enough about, like, four characters. Yeah, and even the ones that, that die quick, you learn yeah. about them. So there's actually some character shit that you would never get. If a movie like this was made nowadays, you would never get any of that shit. So I have to give it definitely above average for that because I was actually caring enough about the characters. And, of course, I'm not, you're not going to get gore and shit, but there was interesting, funny-type kills. And that one guy looked like Lamont. Did you guys notice from Sanford and Son, like Mr. Configuration? <laughs> <laughs> he totally looked like Lamont. But there's some fucking smart-ass dialogue. Is oh, yeah, something. You know, Is that like why I, he got smoked in the pipe? <laughs> <laughs> yep, he got. That's racist. 
Oh boy. Oh shit. But I don't know. I that was okay. How about this? The Omen actually it looks like it took a fucking thing from this, or and which led to be like a Final Destination. When that fucking when you see the gear switch on the fucking, you know what I'm talking about? When you see the dozer and you see the thing being pulled, that's totally what happened in the Omen a couple years later when the guy get fucking the yeah. cuts his head off. Yeah, you see little things happening. I hadn't seen that shit. Man, before. if they had thrown in a decapitation, this would have definitely been bumped up for me. But the intelligence yeah. of the killdozer was really cool when he puts out the signal fire. He's just like he's just chilling in the woods, hanging out, waiting. He's like listening because it's a, it's an entity. Fuck. It's an entity. Yeah. It's Fucking it's an terrible. alien life form killdozer. It's so weird. I'm analyzing killdozer like this. <laughs> but why I, did I, the guy say he's as green as your average fire truck? Did you guys notice that line? He's as green as your average fire truck. Yes. How the Who's, fuck is a, a fire truck green? Who said that, and what was that in reference to? I think he was talking about how one of the guys on the crew is new, like green. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Somebody was definitely said, so I wrote it down. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> but if nobody remembers, forget about it. How about the guy smoking a cigar by fucking a thing that says high explosives? <laughs> yeah, Neville Brand was smoking in the truck when, when the whole truck says flammable on it. Whatever, we said what we were gonna say. I guess I just I have to give it a prop because if it was made nowadays, it wouldn't be a movie called Killdozer. Would be fucking that would be painfully average or worse. It would be fucking sci-fi bullshit. They would all be in on the joke. They would be looking at the camera and fucking winking, and they would be hamming it up. Where this film. There's characters, there's fucking an asshole character, but you find out why. There's shit going on. I would rather see that than goofy shit that it could have been. So I agree with that. I think just the, the title compared to what we got is, is just very misleading. Like this is this is a better cast of characters performing a better movie than than a title like Killdozer suggests. But it's just it's just not as entertaining, even though you're right, we do get great character development. Great dialogue between them, and you learn enough, and you do care about yeah. them. You want to. Yeah. I didn't want to see any of them die. They, they're genuinely good, hardworking guys. But right. if they are going to kill them, at least I want to see them dead. The thing was called kill those or kill for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. When they are going to kill them, though, make it bloody. But you can't because it's a TV movie, so it just right. doesn't. I don't know. It just. It, it's very weird that this this became a TV movie. Well, you know what? I agree with what Dave was saying too. But I now challenge the Shark Sharknado team to remake this movie. Oh, stop! <laughs> Just to oh. piss Dave off. Oh, stop! That's good. <laughs> and I zeroing is Kelly. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just please, no. Anyway, Tara Reid can be Mac. Tara Reid can do anything she wants. I'm fine. I put her on my screen. I like her. That's fine. I like her too. I got nothing against her. Me either. People give her way too hard a time. She still looks good. Anybody out there listening that isn't married would fuck her. I don't care what you do. Tara Reid walks in your door right now and says, fuck me. You're going to bend her ass over and, and fuck her. So shut up. <laughs> anyway. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I always see people rant rag. about fucking Terry. People always rag on her and say she looks like shit and blah blah blah. And I watched her in Charlie's Farm and I said, "Girl's still hot. What the fuck?" So she's not a perfect ten anymore like she was in the nineties. So what? The girl's still pretty. people age. That's what happens. You get older. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And she lived a little bit hard, but I mean, so I'm the I, exception I, to the rule. Big deal. I stayed a perfect I, ten. Big deal, dude. I'm just saying. I don't like when when people that are sitting fucking behind keyboards judge. Uh, celebrities because you know the things nah. are, and they yeah. act like act like it's uh, they're a four 
You know what I mean? When they're still hot. Like if that girl lived next door to you and she came over and paid any attention to your fucking sorry ass, you would hook up with her in a heartbeat. That's He's talking stuff. to you, see, when he said sorry ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, six out of ten, man. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. I don't think five. I I didn't feel like five was a bad score. Like I just felt like I saw it once, and I'm probably never gonna watch it again. Cool poster art, though. I didn't see it. I like the poster. Why is that not hanging up on your wall, Dave? (laughs) (laughs) I'm buying it next. Kill those. I'm gonna look on eBay tonight. (laughs) It's it's less comical the poster than that Evil Dead poster you got hanging. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, thanks, Paul. Though seriously, like we, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll cover anything. I, I like seeing movies horror. that I've never seen before. Yeah, anything horror, horror. unless unless we're collaborating with Twenty Two Shots, then of course we'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Are we ready to move on with a R O T L D? R O T L D. R O L F. Rolling on the floor. L M A O. L M F A O. Yeah, there you go. K M F D M. All right, so let's get right into it. Written and directed by Ken Wiederhorn. Return of the Living Dead 2, 1988. Curious kids unearth the barrels that helped revive the dead of the first film, which proves the second time's an undead charm. I may have mentioned this on the show before, so again, if you. If you've gone through them all, God, you repeat stories a lot, guys. Fuck you. The uh, <laughs> the reality is that this came out at the time when I was really getting into horror. It was on video. I was like, uh, like I said, I, I had caught certain movies or, or scenes from movies uh, earlier. And it freaked me out. But it really wasn't into that age 14 that I really started watching movie after movie after movie after movie. And what I did, and I I don't think I mentioned this in the Phantasm uh, show, but I'm pretty sure I did this with Phantasm, Evil Dead, and Return of the Living Dead, was I saw the part twos first. Wow. Really? I'm almost positive it was for what all three? three movies. What three, she? What three? Phantasm 2, Evil Dead 2, oh, and, fuck. and Return of the Living Dead 2. Now, you know what well, this means, Dave? He's giving this a 10 out of 10, Dave. I'm not, the, by no <laughs> means am I giving this a 10 out of 10, but... I hadn't seen a lot of comedy horror, so I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was I was laughing, but I also thought it was cool, and I also thought they did some great things with the zombies. It's a silly-ass movie. I'm not going to de- overly defend it, but I'll probably be higher than both of your ratings. I can tell that already. And, it's, and this is, I already prefaced this with the other movie, this is a full comedy horror. They knew this going in, and half the people when they're making the movie, there's a documentary on this too that's on YouTube called They Won't Stay Dead. And it, it, it's funny. Most of the people are just trashing this film. <laughs> they didn't want nothing, anything to do with it. They don't even know if Dan O'Bannon was coming back, if he was even invited back. It seemed like Tom Fox was like an investment banker. He had the money. He had the rights to the Living Dead name. He took a script. Ken Weirdenhorn made a zombie script, said, we'll make that if we throw Living Dead 2 in the title. And then they just fine-tuned it to fit with the, the trioxin just to have some link. And then uh, Tom Fox said he wanted Jim uh, James Karen and uh, Tom Matthews to come back. Yeah. And Shit on it all me, your life. I, well, no, I'm just, I mean, look, it just, they didn't capture magic in the bottle again for me. No, no. James Karen and, and Tom Matthews. Yeah. But they were still good together. Oh, yeah, they were good together, but I felt like, you know, I didn't like the fact that they forced in the same lines from part one. It just... One line. One line, no? Just no, weren't there two lines? 
They had so Kiss Kiss. He, they put the Kiss Kiss in there. Uh, watch your tongue, boy, if you like this job. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't and... even know what this is. What is that, Kiss Kiss? Well, he says it to his wife, just as a side. You're talking about Andale, Andale in the uh, in the uh, Nightmare <laughs> series. And there was like, he said, keep the pot roast warm, kiss, kiss, or something like that to his wife <laughs> on the phone. And then this one, he holds keep up the, the severed head. Roast. And he's like, kiss, kiss. Why is that funny? That, that's yeah. the brilliance of part one. <laughs> keep the pot roast warm, kiss, kiss. <laughs> okay, he does say that. And of course, okay, fine, I missed that. But I, I like this job that that happened again. James Karen was still great, though. He was still his bug out self, overreacting and oh, and yelling yeah. and fucking freaking out. <laughs> Only thing is, where did they go? Halfway through the movie, they were gone, or, or they were doing something else, or they became zombies. They should have lasted fucking first frame to final frame because they are the saving grace of the film. They are, they are the movie. And again, I knew you guys wouldn't like. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. I knew Dave wouldn't like it because now we're focusing on a kid again. My my thing when I was 14, I related to this, so I absolutely loved it. So at the time, I was like, this movie's great. I watched this movie a lot. Never said it was a 10 out of 10, even back in the day. But I watched it a lot. Tell you so, what, see, people um, are going to love it now. Didn't it just recently get released by fucking Shelfit, by Screenshot? It's, it's getting a release. And you oh, know what? I was actually pretty excited about it, thinking, all right, you know, I, I have the first one now. I'll probably pick up the second, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm going to pick up the second. Oh, I will. I would. And, and not for these prices. What well, are they well not, no, right now it's like selling for like 34 or something. You know, oh. it'll it'll drop. It'll drop eventually. Yeah, yeah. You know when you're going to get that movie a year from now when yeah. it has their summer of fear sale, and you can get yeah. it for 15 bucks because that's what. Yeah, it's or Best Buy will have it for 15 in like a year. So the right. reason the reason. Uh, is that the DVD release suffered from some rights issues, so they couldn't reinstate all the, the music that, although not nearly as good as the first soundtrack, had a pretty decent soundtrack unto itself, but for the DVD release, they had to put, like, stock music in. I, I, like I said, I'd watch the movie over and over and over again. I'm like, this is not the same music. This Something's not right here. Something's wrong. And I was fucking around with my audio, and I put it on the French audio... And all the right music is there, but it's all in French. For I don't know what happened, but on the DVD, the Canadian version, the French audio has the proper music. The English audio does not. It was a rights issue. And supposedly the Scream Factory edition is going to fix 95% of the music issues. or 90, mm -hmm. There's like one track that they couldn't get back or something like that. But all the key tracks are in. And They're terrible. Fucking doctor, doctor, give me the news. After that amazing soundtrack in part one, <laughs> you give that in this fucking No, but there's film? other good songs in, in them throughout the picture. Yeah. I guess. I'm just comparing it to part one, and I'm like, how do you go from that classic soundtrack to this? And the only thing that I remember is, doctor, doctor, give me the news. I gotta, um, come on, what, what am I watching? I don't even know don't what even... part that's in. It's in the third act for sure. I know people shut on this, but you're like, it's not in the same class as the first movie. But for a, a zombie film, I can rewatch this. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I may, maybe. I, I don't know. It's just a lazy, a la even just a lazy setup, like the army, the, the guy driving the truck with these tanks on the back, with these yeah. pastors on the back, he's smoking like pot. Yeah, it felt, it, it, you, you're right. <laughs> it it was very traumatic. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah, exactly. And then ten the punk ten. kids. And, you know, that's that's what it was. <laughs> Uh, the creep show two effect. That's all. It feels like a TV movie, and and, and it's like watching creep show two. And I don't hate creep show two, but 
What I'll say is this: You watch Creepshow, and then immediately follow up, follow it up with Creepshow Two. You're gonna notice a completely different difference in tone and production and the way it's presented. They don't have that good. It's hard to explain it, and because we're not doing a Creepshow show. But what I'm saying, <laughs> if you watch the same thing here, watch Part One, and then go right into Part Two, and it's like. You have a, a great atmosphere in the first one, and you have things you could do, and you just cast it all aside, and the first thing you get into is a kid. And it's just just bad decisions. You know what would have been a good idea? They should have brought the entire cast back from part one and put them in different parts. Because I would, his girlfriend, Brenda, was fucking horrible. Tom Matthews' girlfriend in this film is a very unlikable character for me. Uh, the way she her, screams, the way she acts. Oh, I like her, though. I like her, though. She's yeah. great in, in other movies. Yeah. I mean, what, what's her name? Suzanne Snyder? Suzanne Snyder yeah. from uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space and oh. Weird Science and stuff that like that. Her? Yeah. Okay, well, I much preferred the girlfriend from the first movie. Yeah, though. Brenda's character felt like a waste in this. I felt like the characters, the two groups don't come together as well in this. There are some funny lines, but I felt like the funny lines were courtesy of, like, the doc, were courtesy of, like, even Jesse, the kid. You know, there's, but it just, it doesn't hit, like, like the first one. Oh, you can't compare, like, if you're comparing it to the first one, it, it's a misfire, 100%. Yeah. I, but I've, why? Why? It, if you had this was... opportunity to make this film, you you are an amateur filmmaker. If you watch Return of the Living Dead. It was, it was made as a franchise. Like, well, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about franchise films. Where you're the franchise... This was Tom Fox saying, I've got these fucking rights. I've got people willing to give out money. I need a script. Hey, I got the zombie script. This guy wants to make a movie. We're going to throw Return of the Living Dead 2 in the title. It was money talks. That's it. If you can't accept that, that that's that's the one. Money talks. This one, this one was too much running around. The characters yeah. didn't come together the way I liked it. And I thought the zombies did not look nearly as good as they did in the first one. In fact, at one point, one of these, uh, one of these zombies, I, I even wrote he looked like a fucking ghouly Muppet. Well, uh, <laughs> there really was. It was uh, when Beth confronts one of the zombies in the cemetery. A punch, and, punches and, it in the face? And yeah. That, that was might, okay. Might have been one. There was, there was just one. That, maybe it was the one that was following Beth. I don't know. Well, they, you know brought back, they brought back Horace Glover, the, the, you know, the, the army guy. You know, they should, they bring them back and, you know, have a meeting lamb chops. That would have been funny. Yeah. You know, you know what? <laughs> that would have been funny. You know what? Uh, they, But this movie's not that clever. Let me rebuttal a few things. So some of the great tracks on this one is Space Hopper. That's the one that's kicking in at the beginning. It's poorly edited in on the original, on the, on the new version or the DVD version on the original VHS or what is going to be coming out in Scream Factory will be uh, put back in properly space hopper then there's i'm the man by anthrax and what yeah and then oh, i didn't hear that I flesh, love flesh to flesh by lamont <laughs> funny enough a bit lamont. Good dude song. i did not lamont. hear anthrax so maybe i got that dvd version the one i saw i saw it online I, I don't know fucking you know to rebuttal they had way more time it was one of the same makeup guys that came back from part one he said he had way more time Yes, he could tell that they're going for a more comedic tone. wasn't his thing, but it was a job for him, and he had to make the things. Uh, what he did say is he made a ton of great designs uh, that were easily uh, able to be changed quickly so that they looked like vari variations of zombies, but they were uh -huh. definitely masks. And the one thing you could see 
is that they're even though he tries to blend in the eye makeup, you can really see that they're just wearing zombie masks. Yeah. Again, I guess I am defending this movie because I the nostalgia does kick in. I admit, not I told you, I'm repeating myself, not in the same ballpark. It's it, it's not there with the original, but there was a little bit. It wasn't a total misfire. There was a little bit of a, a try. They, the, the trioxin was the carryover. The, the soundtrack was yeah. a carryover. Yes, they focused on a kid, his dorky sister, and the the repair, the cable repair guy. They they followed that. I liked I liked Dana Ashbrook. You know who went on to do Twin Peaks and stuff. He he was good. But again, I don't know if that if that whole line was necessary. You know, even though I didn't love Joey and Ed as much as Frank and Freddie. Maybe if they had focused on them and maybe they meet up with uh, the doctor. Because, the, the, you know, Doc Doc was funny. You know that they wanted Ernie back. That for me. Yeah, Ernie would have been great if they Ernie came back. back. But Do- Do- Doc Mandel felt like, like the Ernie character of this one. Not as good, but, but definitely had some lines that were funny. It should have been him. They should have brought Linnea. But they should have brought every person they could have back from the first one and put him in this. And that it would have immediately improved it for me. If you're going to do them all. It and again, like the voice, I was going to say the voice, the, the head that they take. Awful. awful. The voice, it sounded like a like a southern redneck. It sounded like a Larry the Cable Guy type. It was terrible. Yeah. Fucking God. Is that the one that had the screwdriver on its head? Well, that would be okay. your jump the shark moment that, for you, Dave. That I laughed my head off at 14 years old. I, I, I admit it. <laughs> Get the damn That's screwdriver fine. out of my head. I'm like, I turned to my buddy. What the fuck? Like, we knew it was <laughs> ridiculous, but we liked yeah. it. I thought, I thought. You know these characters did stuff like they like like go to a meatpacking plant. I thought there were some interesting parts to this overall kind of misfire comedy. I like when he says to his sister, "They seem to be only attack- drawn to brains, so maybe they'll leave you alone." <laughs> He's, that was funny, and uh, I guess the scene at the hospital where he's like, "Is it cancer?" and and the doctor's like, "If we're lucky." Yeah, that wasn't bad. I just why but was she afraid of her brother in the window? She's her brother was in the window and she ah. Brother's supposed to be upstairs, not outside. Like it's just that reaction. I actually thought that was well done. Okay, I guess maybe the way it was presented, it didn't seem to me like it was that kind of a scare. It was just like she looked up and just I don't know. Jesse at one point even makes a comment about dying so young, and it made me think of uh, Friday oh. Six. Oh stop! It really <laughs> did because you got Tom Matthews and you got a little boy talking about like oh I was waiting for Jesse to say I wonder what I would have been if I grew up. <laughs> Well, Friday Six, you can't compare. Friday Six is a better movie than this. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I I mean, you know what I liked? Here's what I liked. When that guy saw him, he goes, hey, the zombies were coming in. And you never saw this in a movie before. So I like this. And he goes, hey, that's my neighbor, Harvey. Harvey, it's me. (laughs) I liked that. That was funny. It's, well, because well, the doc says, sells it. He there. says, "Harvey, it wasn't Harvey. It wasn't my fault. We we didn't have enough of the medication." Right. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. I I liked the doctor a lot. This because he reminded me so much of the Ernie character in the. First I liked one. him. It just seemed like he was too featured in the second half. It was he had too much screen time. It seemed like they were spending an awful lot of time with him, and I kind of. They that did. Was... They spent more time with them, and they, and Ed and Joey became kind of secondary characters that got yeah. lost. I mean, Ed, they kind of abandoned because he bites those army guys, and Brenda's yelling at him. She's like, Ed, quit it! <laughs> and that guy yeah. that he's commenting to is, is Forrest Ackerman. That guy that's in the window. That was a cameo. 
And, but they okay. took his glasses off. The director didn't realize his iconic glasses should have been kept on. He's like, can you lose the glasses? So there's a lot of bad-mouthing of the director of this, to be honest. Oh. Uh, that oh. he just didn't get it. And the director openly said he looked like he, was, he wasn't really that into wanting to make a, a horror movie so much. So he was trying to make more of a comedic film. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it just felt a little disjointed. A lot of a lot of running around. It seemed like yeah, you know, they're at the, they're at the hospital. They're at someone's house. Then they're yeah. uh, they're at the grandparents' house getting guns. And everybody was separating too much. And it felt like it was more running around and just than actual zombie fighting. Yeah, too much of that running around action yeah. shit for me. It just, and then the comedy towards the end, it just got worse with the comedy. Oh, rich and spicy brains. And then she's like, oh, sorry, I'm not into dead guys. And then, then, he, uh. then she, oh, come on, get the, and then she fucking lets him eat her. What the fuck? And then, maybe this is just the copy I saw, the <laughs> fucking ADR, when she got killed, it didn't match whatsoever. It was the worst fucking... I never heard that before until this new ver until that version. Before he bit into her head, and I remember her going, oh, and it ended. It ended. <laughs> yeah. Now the, the 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 DVD version says, "Take me, honey," or something like that. Something oh, really? like yeah. that. I've never remembered it because I, it was only this version that I saw. Take well, me, honey, it, or something. It was the DVD. Yeah, yeah it, terrible. So I, I'm glad. Hopefully, well, it better be. <laughs> Screen Factory better fix it up then. If yeah, I'm I'm sure they will. I don't remember that from my version, but I remember thinking, oh, this is just a stupid way to get rid of her character. She's just gonna let him eat her. And talk about jumping the shark. Yeah, that that guy with the screwdriver in his head was fucking awful. It was terrible. But the exclamation point when I I wanted to shut it off. Now I'm being dramatic. Of course, I didn't want to shut it. Well, off. it doesn't make sense. But, How did the head get to the power plant? Well, that was terrible. I understand, but at the very end, the real fucking shark jumper was when that Michael Jackson zombie came out. Oh, my God, Michael Jackson. Oh, I will tell Terrible. you that that wasn't even supposed to be in it. They said they do it as a joke. The producer's like, no way, no way, no way we're going to get sued. And then they decided to throw it in at the last minute. That move, that wasn't going to be in the movie until the editing. They popped it in, and they said that when they went to promote the movie across the sea, all they wanted to talk about was Michael Jackson zombie. Oh, uh, no, that in conjunction oh. with the dead joyriding, uh, with the whole group of dead dead zombies joyriding uh that was just bad. i can't believe it brandon you're coming down way harder than i thought you would on this one i, I, I obviously i didn't have i think it's fun i think it's i think it's fun i think it's silly but i think it's fun dude that kid zombie was the fucking one of the worst worst makeup ever. worst makeup ever did he even yes. have any makeup terrible that <laughs> kid oh he was, he was awful he was you think that was terrible? Oh man! I thought I was watching like Bud the Chud that, that part. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Billy the Chud. <laughs> Billy Bud, the Chud. <laughs> Dude, Bud the Chud was probably the worst sequel of anything I've ever seen, followed by Pet Cemetery Two. Terrible. This movie is not as bad as those two movies, but I will say that that fucking kid zombie was as bad as the way Bud the Chud was. He dead. wasn't even a zombie. He was still talking to Jesse like he was at the beginning, still bullying him. And, like, he, it didn't even look like he was trying to pretend to be a zombie. And, he and climbed, I, he, he was climbed the actor. fence. The kid, that was his no. only movie. He's actually he on the like, audio commentary. It's him and the director. Uh, I liked all that. They had dead kids in this. They had kids killing their moms. I, I mean, if you if you take it back and actually analyze some of those scenes, parents die, kids biting their mom's heads, kids die in this, dogs get killed. They could chase the birds as they're attacking, like, the pet store. Oh, the pet store was <laughs> hilarious. But everything, like you said, even though I agree with you that it's cool that, that kids were killing their moms and the kids were getting killed, everything was, like, cutaways. 
Well, yeah, because they weren't they weren't going for the the gratuitous. The, the gratuitous came yeah. more from the zombies. They were allowed to get away with the gore if the zombies had the gore, but when it came to right. people. Other than James Cameron, or James Cameron, James Karen. <laughs> God in heaven, James Cameron. James Karen had to bite into that soldier's head and take out the brands. That was yeah. cool. Matter of fact, for the most part, the practical effects landed. I was fine with them. That's one of my notes. The, the practical effects, for the most part, are, are fine. It was too busy with, with, with bullshit. Uh, it, uh, well, I wish I could have edited the film and shortened a good 10 minutes from it and just made a few changes, and I, I could have enjoyed it more. It wasn't and that, that zombie. That zombie head was a girl, too, because the head even says at the end, don't hit a girl when she's down. Yeah. <laughs> they should have shown <laughs> that head. They should have shown that head rolling. They should have shown the head. Yeah, <laughs> that would have made more sense because there's, they left it in the house. Well, it got kicked. It got kicked in there, and then all of a sudden, it shows up at the power plant. We, at the end, we, so. we, it, was, it was to give oh, that yeah. final cut. It's just to get that final joke. All right, you win. No more brains. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. I, I I admit, but it's it's stupid fun. But again, you if you can't surrender yourself to enjoy it, or if you're hoping for a reprise of the original, you're gonna be really upset. <laughs> I like them using the beef brains to set the trap to lead the zombies. I like the doc asking the question about who the president is, not getting tricked by the gag from part <laughs> one with, you know, the, the send more cops and more police joke. You know, he's not getting he's not getting fooled by that. I like that. But, you know, it just overall, it just didn't it just didn't have the same effect on me as I guess it did you. Well, there's a lot of nostalgia here, but then I try to separate that to watch it here. I said, yeah, there's a lot of groaners. There's a lot of bad jokes. But there's yeah. a lot of good practical effects and enough gags throughout. And I'm not talking about the gag. Like, one of my least favorite ones is when she rips off his jaw. I love when she rips off his jaw. I hate the cutaway when it comes back to him. He's like, rah, 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 trying to feel him out for his jaw and his <laughs> eyes are going. That, that's the, the shark jumping part of the joke. They, they had the gag work with the jaw being ripped off. Beautiful. Right. It's the cutback. So, that, like you said, if you if you got your hands on the little editing there, we, I could have trimmed that part out, and it probably made a few more things hit. But overall, I don't know if you. I, I don't. I will wait because I don't know if you guys are done talking about it. Yeah, I'm done. It wore out its welcome. Yeah. yeah hey, Billy, your fly is open. <laughs> and then, of course, Michael Jackson shows up, and it's like, uh, all right. it's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Okay, I'll tell you right now. I I I don't think I'm gonna come in as hard as Christian thinks. It, it's yeah, me, out, me, me. Either. Five out of ten. It's fucking average. That's it. Thankfully, the first act having those two guys helped it. The practical effects, for the most part, were good. It just wore its welcome, and it got way too goofy for me. But I'm not hating on it. It's just it's just an average horror flick, and it's not my cup of tea. But five out of ten. Yeah, and I'm actually above that. I'm coming in at a five and three quarters rating. I uh, I, I don't hate it as much. It's just there, there was opportunities there, especially bringing back James Karen and uh, Tom Matthews to really at least make them the stars this time. And uh, even though they were technically the stars in part one also, but they, they kind of got pushed by the wayside for the kid, his sister, you know, Dana Ashbrook. And it just and while I have nothing against any of them, it just, I don't know, it felt very disjointed character-wise. So, five and three quarters. I would watch it again. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm not going to run out and buy the new release right away. James Cam- uh, James Cameron, fuck me. James Cameron. Again? <laughs> <laughs> I think if have, gonna... Yeah. He didn't seem to have very good uh, memories of this. Tom Matthews, even worse. He said he hated this movie. So he didn't really have much to say about it at all. But I don't care. 
it's it's a fun movie. I was probably a seven, seven and a half back in the day, but I, I, I tried to be as realistic as I possibly could, and it's 6.75. It's a fun zombie movie. You just can't take it too seriously. It's not a 10 out of 10 like the original. I think there's enough of a gap there that you can see that I'm not putting them in the same ballpark at all. 10 out of 10. I love Return of the Living Dead. People should have Return of the Living Dead too. It has its problems. 6.75. All right. All right. You know, and, and, and thinking about bringing back James Cameron. Cam- now I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Cameron and Tom Matthews. Thinking about bringing them back if you're going to a desert island and you want to bring four people, I say you bring back James Karen, Tom Matthews, me, and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Alex Harrow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you can all take the Titanic to your desert island with James Karen. <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> And then he fucks it up. He should have said Cameron. Yeah, yeah I said Cameron. I said Cameron. <laughs> oh, I wonder if James Cameron ever directed James Cameron. Hmm. Look at the B. What can I say? All right. <laughs> James Cameron, I think, is still alive. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's like really old now. <laughs> I don't know what what the point I'm getting at. I, no, I think he's like like really really old. Well, he's coming up to. He's born in 1923. That's that's old. Wow. Yeah. He's still alive. He's going to be 95. He's 90. Yeah. 95. Wow. And he's, and he's still acting. He has credits on here that he, that are being completed now. We're filming. Good well, I'm him. talking, wow. I'm talking about retiring at 65. This guy's fucking 95. He's working. Are you he, kidding? Must not, he must not be getting any residual checks from return to. <laughs> That's why. Well, let's see what happens when Scream Factories comes out. You know, that freaking, I'm sure it's overpriced. You know, <laughs> he'll get a couple of dollars here and there. All right, well, one more triple R. No, no, sorry, not one more. Duh. <laughs> a triple R and a uh, and a feature. Next on triple R's is a pick from our boy D Bougie eighty six. It is yeah. 2010's yeah. Hong Kong film Dream Home. Yeah. Written talk- and directed by the Pang brothers, or is it just one of the Pangs? Are they even brothers? <laughs> Ho Chung Pang. The Pang Brothers, huh? Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you are. <laughs> I don't know. Let me read the synopsis, then I'll look that up while you guys are starting to talk. Cheng Lingyi Shuang is a young, upwardly mobile professional finally ready to invest in her first home. But when the deal falls through, she is forced to keep her dream alive, even if it means keeping her would-be neighbors dead. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you hear the chair? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> that time. Yeah. These aren't the Pang brothers. These are different. The Pang brothers are directors, but these are. this is a different Pang. Holy fuck. <laughs> Pang, Pong, Ping, whatever. <laughs> Actually, Ping, Pang, Pong used to be. It's a restaurant. Ping, Pang, Pong. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That is that is the name. I used to work at a casino in Las Vegas. I was a dealer at a casino called the Gold Coast. And the Gold Coast has a lot of heavy mini Baccarat action. And mini baccarat is a game that a lot of Asians love. Anyway. I play I play mini baccarat a lot when I go to the casinos. Actually, mini baccarat. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yeah. I'm sitting next to all Asians when I play it. There you go. So <laughs> anyway, mini bac. Uh, they have they have probably eight to ten mini bac tables, and that's a lot for a casino to have. So they have a lot of action there. So they have a a, a lot of um, Asian players. So they opened up a restaurant, and the name of the restaurant is Ping Pang Pong. <laughs> That feels like a very racist name for those to call it. 
Doesn't it? And the funny thing, and they love it. And freaking, they would always ask for comps because I was just the dealer, so I wasn't the floor. But they would always, and they would comp these people anything they wanted to eat because they, they, you know, they spent a lot of money there. So it's so funny because they would always go, ah, you know, they would hold up their fingers and they would they would try to get the attention of the floor person because they want to get comp for the restaurant, and they'd be like, ah, two for ping ping pong all day. Long. <laughs> ah, ping ping pong, ping ping pong. So. <laughs> oh my god, I'd lose my mind. I know, right? Yeah, but anyway, Ping Pang Pong, the Gold Coast in Las Vegas. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah, so Dream Home. This was a second time watch for me. This is a good film, man. This is a this is a brutal fucking film. It was a first time watch for me. Oh, really? Thank you, YouTube. It was either YouTube or iTunes because it was nowhere else, and uh, YouTube had it like for like half the price of iTunes. So think if you're going to be renting, check out YouTube sometimes too. Yeah. Does this fucking guy work for YouTube now? I know, but drink your Timmy's. <laughs> drink your <That's right>. Timmy's. <laughs> drink your Timmy's. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Dude, here's what's funny. This movie, the first time I saw it was on Netflix like seven yes. years ago, right? Yes. It, it was on Netflix for like three years. And then it was either on Shutter or Prime for the last two years. So to my knowledge, it was always there. Now when we go to look at it to watch it for the show, Nowhere to be found. <laughs> it was crazy. It had to be rented. But I mean, for years, it was always somewhere. It was one of those movies where you just, you take it for granted because it's always there. And I, I didn't watch it enough. This is the third time I saw it. But when we were doing the slasher stuff last year, and of course we were doing North American, I said this and Colpre, probably every time we, I said, we're not going to see Dream Home. We're not going to see Colpre. Pray. Yeah, it is Pray. So, yeah. but I mean... But I know for a fact that those those would have made the list. And, and this is a great slasher because not yes. only is it brutal and it's got awesome kills, but Boy. it's got a, a legitimate story that is very, very relevant. And, you yes. know, very socially relevant talking about how people's employment and their, their wages do not increase at the same value as property values are. And so nobody can afford to buy or live anywhere anymore. And and that's a great setup for this film and, and where it goes. And what, mm-hmm. what's the connection from this film to our first franchise film of the night, Return of the Living Dead? What? Hold on. Return of the Living Dead and Dream Home, a connection. Both happen within the first five minutes of the movie. Okay. Hmm. A zip tie? No, there were no zip ties in Return of the Living Dead. It's simpler, naked... than that. it's simpler than any of that. I feel like it's going to be a joke. It's not a joke. Both are based on a true story. Or, <laughs> or say they are. Both of them have based on a true story. The... Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, I forgot. This, this one's a little bit more believable. Because I can see somebody <laughs> yeah. doing this one. <laughs> well, no, of course. the other. So it is half a joke because of Return of the Living Dead. But I mean, both of them say based on a true story. But this, this one, what a great idea. Because you think about it. She... So she's causing all this carnage and death. And before we get to the rampage part, some of those ominous shots of the hallways and and the way that they they film it with the music at the beginning, very haunting. And even the credit sequence with all the the long shots of all the buildings and whatever, I thought that was really well done. Great way to present the credits. Uh, It added like a... this sort of ominous tone to the movie felt like it could be anywhere and then we get into the story and we focus on it more and it, it seems to be one night in the life of this woman and what she's willing to do 
but we are intercut with different time frames of her life. Yeah, the and the intercutting at times can get a little confusing, especially when we see her as an adult. They're they're kind of cutting, you know, only a few years back, so you can't necessarily tell, except for the fact that she has the scar on her face because she she receives it during the the night of the slaughter. But but tying it in with the you know the corrupt the I love the night of, <laughs> but tying it in with you know the the whole corrupt government and the, these corrupt developers you know and seeing the backstory of her childhood everyone she knows being evicted from from their their flats and thrown out and you know seeing her promise that one day she's going to buy her parents this this beautiful flat with a view of the bay and that's why she becomes obsessed with this one particular apartment and uh, man it's really really well done. I'll tell you something. I didn't realize until this time that the massacre happened at one time and that that they were going back and forth. Yeah. I, I The first two times I took it as – but then as it's going on, this time I'm thinking, well, if she had this plan from the beginning to ultimately get this flat, as they call it, which I find weird that they say flat and they say shagging, and those are like – UK terms, but they're saying them in, in Hong Kong, but I don't know. Um, that she, she was going to get this flat at this price. I thought that it was meticulously planned out from the beginning, but then if that's the case, why is she acting this way towards the buyers and everything else if she knows what she's going to do? Well, in fact, no. Because of the, the timelines, everything happens. Yes. And then it's done. See, it's weird because I was explaining this to my wife, Irene. I, I was like, hey, listen. I want you to watch this movie. I think you'd like it because you would appreciate it. It's a woman, and then she's doing. And I'm. I, I, there's no reason to spoil. I don't have to say. I was like, she's doing this in order to get this, and that's what I recall this movie as. But she comes to this conclusion as it happens, and it's almost like, does she do it on purpose at the end for those reasons or not, or does she go there and lose her temper and flip the fuck out and then? That was a repercussion of her actions. You know what I'm saying? Did was that her plan? I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna get this for this price. Yeah, or that, did I, she lose her cool and then go there and do her things, and then afterwards say, "Oh, wait a minute! Now because of this, this is gonna happen." You know what I mean? I think it was. Her plan. I think. Or, yeah, I think it was her plan too, because it's a clever social commentary. Like, okay, I can't afford this place. I'm being screwed because of my father's insurance policy that he didn't declare the one time so now I, i'm not getting any of this money or i have to pay all these these high premiums or whatever the hell was going on where she just couldn't afford this she's like you know what the the owners are doubling their asking price because the stock market is doing well she's like you know what i'm gonna drop the property value and she uses but it to get what she wants it's awesome but it wasn't her plan all along when she got that two million dollars no it wasn't her, her plan passed. all along she thought she was fucking home free. She yeah, but then, but then they, more. but then they raised the prices. And then they raised the prices, and then she flipped the fuck out, and then did what she had to do. I but would have liked to have seen her kill them. <laughs> that would have been cool. She had a plan that she, that she know who was in each flat though. I don't think so. That part, that part, she goes to kill the security guard, and then she goes up to the flats, and I think because everything happened so matter of factly. Because it's told sporadically, you're seeing it sporadically through the film. If you actually watch it all the way through, as in like the, the scenes of her in the present time during the night of the slaughter, as Brandon put it, uh, <laughs> you like she, that. she goes into that room to, to meet that woman. Doesn't realize it doesn't seem like she realizes there's a pregnant woman there. So I think she might have just wanted to have one murder. 
But then that right. one murder turned into two, and maybe she thought she was going to go upstairs too, but she seems like she was going to kill that one person, happened to be a pregnant woman there, Right. shit happens, then dad co- or husband comes home, uh-oh, and then the music's pissing her off at that point, so she's got to yes. go upstairs. It seems like it, it, it turns into our whole, like, Event yeah, it, it didn't seem like it was going to escalate that high because, like you said, it built in the in the one home with the with the pregnant woman and the husband sh- and the husband eventually showing up, and then when she goes up to just check out the noise, one of the guys sees her. Yeah. So th- then, of course, she has to go in, and it just it, it's 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 great, man. And, and, How about the br- the brutality of that oh. of that kill, especially with the pregnant woman? That's always a that's a oh. that's a that's a brutal kill. That's hard oh. to watch, but oh. I loved, and it actually. It's like a page taken out of one of my slasher films. The the screwdriver through the back of the head, popping the eye out. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Brutal, but nothing is, is like I was cringing with the pregnant scene. Like I was uncomfortable watching that scene because yeah. she was pregnant, or because of just the way she died. Because she was pregnant, but then yeah, then the one extra step of the I think the pregnancy definitely elevates it, but the right. the whole section. Sucking Even the mask. opening kill, killing the security guard, zip tying oh. his throat, and he's, he's oh. cutting his yeah. throat with that oh. box cutter. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. brutal. The Dude. only the only kills that that didn't land for me. There was one in particular. There were two towards the end. Both were with the cops, were gunshot wounds, and the one when she shoots the cop in the side of the head. You see the bullet exit the other side, and it looks very CG, and it it yes. forms almost. It looks like a butterfly wound almost yes. like it formed. And it, I was, it was like, the one that, misstep that, kill. They could have been done better. They could have just done a regular gunshot, but they oh, they, man. Do, they do that exit wound and then the blood splatter on the camera lens, and it, oh, it man, doesn't really she, work. When she kills those punks, I, I won't even call them punks, just the druggies hanging out and the, and oh, the girls. That's crazy. She bashes that girl's head into the toilet. Oh my Oof. god! And then she she stabs the one underneath the bed with a oh. two by four, and he and she's still alive later. And then she Oof. falls, and it goes ah. Gore and story blended perfectly because people always make fun of me because I'm not a huge gore person. But when it's done so well within the confines of a great story and good performances, then it's you know it's a home run for me. It's more of like a slasher version of Inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two movies that share a, a, a kind of a, a parallel in a sense of a woman uh, psychopath. And we were talking about this. Remember, why are there not more women psychopaths? Remember, it was brought up on our show. Why can't a woman just go out and kill? True. Yeah, and and this was the perfect example of that because she. I, I mean, I guess you have to be a psychopath to be able to do something like this. But she was actually a normal woman who was trying to approach this in in a normal way, just pushed to the point where it's like I have to go to extremes, and it's almost. I guess it's is it satire you would call this then? Yeah. That, that that she's she's doing this for for the sake of just getting the flat she wants. I think it's it's, it's, satir- satirical. it's satirical. Yeah, it's satirical social commentary type yeah. stuff. It isn't like yeah, I guess I guess satire is is the, the proper term. But just like just like inside, her motivation there, there's an end to the means here. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, once again, it's not a woman just being no, a slasher. Yes, for the, that was it. They wanted Michael Myers. No, no rhyme or reason. So you're right, because there was an yeah. end goal, you and, know, and I don't think she'd kill again. Her her whole killing spree right. was to get this apartment. Can I ask a question <laughs> uh, pertaining to to something we learn at the end? Uh, you know, the, the little comment that uh, 
because this was, you know, supposedly right around the time when America's crisis was was happening. And it even says something about our mortgage crisis and how it's having global repercussions. So is that meant to say that that this is somewhat of an anti-American film? Or is that really meant to say that that the global repercussions of the American crisis were going to drop property values anyway and that everything she did was kind of pointless? I don't think it was an anti-American thing, but I, I do think it was going to affect their market as well. Almost like a, like you yeah. didn't need to do this type yeah. of thing. Yeah, but no, it doesn't matter because she got what she wanted. She doesn't. Oh, yeah. Money doesn't mean anything. She's had this obsession since childhood to have a flat at this place with the view of the lake. Yeah, That's and, it's, and it's sad That's because it, it was really more of a promise to her family who, you know, her mother dies long before she's able to fill it. Her father gets sick and, you know. That's yeah, the the grandfather, and you know, it, it was it was kind of sad, and but I think but that was, also, that they put that in to say like the, these things are ups and downs. Like she could have gotten it without going on the killing spree. Yeah, and, but and you almost but, but the backstory makes you feel for her. You know, makes you like like she's she's brutal, and like you don't like you don't want to see anyone get slaughtered that way, especially a pregnant woman. But you almost like feel for her. Like I get why people go on these rampages given the, the corrupt government and banking system and, and everything. I mean, she's trying so hard working two jobs and she can't make ends meet to, to, to buy a small flat. I mean, it's not even like she's buying a mansion. The thing is small. They even say at the end, which I thought was, you know, ironically funny, like, like you know, there's there's not enough room for your bed in your bedroom because you 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 put your dresser in there or something. But so she, she's, she's happy. Yeah, she's happy because she was able to you know fulfill the promise that she had made. Her demeanor completely changes at the end of the film. She accomplished yeah. what she wanted to accomplish. We saw her struggle, like you said, the two jobs, everything else, taking care of her father and her family. And her father doesn't really even necessarily deserve to be taken care of, but she's doing what she feels is the right thing for her family. And so it, it but, changes, but I think those two things that Brandon said are kind of like sucker punches to her and the whole arc. Like, so she went through all this, but then she, they, they talk about the market crashing. They talk about the bed, not fitting. Nothing is fitting the dream properly. Exactly. So I, exactly. I, it's her dream home, but there's nothing like dream about it. It's, it's, yeah. it's not like, it's not like she's after this, this, idea of something that's way above her means it's just every, the the system is so whacked that you can't even afford just a, a modest price flat it's true it's the view it's the view that that, that rise that, that's what it's all about she wants yeah. that view and that's that's what it is that's the high prices this real estate for you know a lakefront view or you know what i mean that, that does happen go 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 to seattle or new york city and see how much they charge for for apartments that are just conveniently located, regardless of size. Yeah. Fuck Toronto, right? Get the fuck out of here, man. You know, that's just it's it sucks, but that's just what it is. It's location, location, and then you throw a view into it, and you're talking a location, you know, convenience and a nice view. Fucking a, man. That's they can they can do what they want because people are willing to pay because it's their dream home. Sa same thing. But again, to me, that adds to the film. But like any slasher, this is about the kills. They're creative, and almost every one of them is creative and gory. Just disturbingly gory, like in the sense of like, these are hard to watch in some cases, which makes them that much more powerful too. This is not Friday the 13th fun kills. You, you do draw a little bit of fun out, out of the brutality of it all. 
but yeah. because of how brutal they are, like you're, it's kind of mouth dropping. Like holy shit! Right, the zip ties and the fucking the, the glass bong and oh man, awesome! And, that and glass and bong was great when it's when it's filling with blood. Oh, and it's awesome. filling up. Oh, great scene. And the knife, and that always gets me when you see a chef's knife in a film and it comes down and somebody grabs it from the other end. Oh, and yeah. Parents. <laughs> like it, I always think of the movie Parents. Oh, I think of Psycho 2, Norman yeah. Bates. He fucking sure. grabs one. Oh, man. But, I'm Norman Bates. What about, <laughs> what about the climax, uh, if you will, of where, because that guy's fucking that girl. The blood? And he's being stabbed. And then she slices and it blood splatters on her back. And she th- she thinks it's come, <laughs> oh you finished <laughs> yeah. you finished a lot or something like that because yeah, I don't know yeah. about the versions like awesome. I will say the subtitles click very fast on this movie and they're not really translated all that well. I don't know hmm. if it was just the version I watched, but I thought it still felt kind of seemed like disjointed English. Yeah, it, it happens sometimes with that. One of the things that was really kind of out of whack that I couldn't understand was was when they translated the money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh, four million dollars a month. Four million you HK. Only... Yeah, HK. <laughs> Definitely brutal kills. Some of that may have been CG, but most of that's flawless CG with the stabs, the eye, and whatever. It's just the one part that Brandon mentioned with that one gunshot wound. Forgivable, but you're almost yeah. Like, Why? Because yeah. everything else was so be- beautifully done. Uh, yeah, you could have done a cutaway at that point because those are the final kills. At that point, like the brutality of the first eight or nine kills is enough to satisfy you that if you're going to do the gunshot wounds, you know, you just do them cutaways or just do the blood splatter on the camera or something. The foot. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Mm. No, there's some great stuff here. It moves along. It's an hour and 35 minutes. The movie's briskly paced. Uh, it gives you story. It's got a bit of heart to it as well. And it's vicious. It is. Pleasant yep. surprise. I'm glad surprise, you huh? You've heard us talk about it before. Shit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I told Derek this in chat. I Admittedly, I kept getting confused with Dream House, the one that was with... Uh, uh, with Daniel Craig? Yeah. <laughs> that, you know what? Which I actually I'm like. I, 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 actually I, I like that movie, too. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I liked it, so I'm like, yeah, I like it. Why is everybody going on about it? Like, I, I'd watched it twice. I actually watched it on the plane, and I loved it. And then I come home, and I show my wife, and she's like, you love movies you watch on a plane. I go, you, you should watch them again when before you tell me to watch them, because she didn't like that movie. I thought it was great. Uh, but So I kept thinking, well, but why is everybody raving about it? Like, I said I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. And But people were raving, raving, raving. I'm like, no, a totally different movie. Dream home. <laughs> well, yeah. what are you guys rating this this movie? How high are you coming in? Okay, well, I mean, again, first time watch. I will definitely have to check it out more. Nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to come in nine and a half, just that half point higher. Wow. Uh, I'm eight and a half. And the only reason I'm – it's not low, but, I mean, the only reason I'm that, that low is because I think that some of the some of the downtime conversation, I think we could have achieved uh, what was needed with – some there could have been some cuts. I know it's only an hour and thirty five minutes, but I think this could have been an hour and twenty five easily, and they didn't have to hammer home uh, everything. Quite- I agree with that. Specifically, I felt like they could have cut some of the scenes with her work friends, like the vacation talks and stuff. Like we get it that she's obsessed with saving her money for for the flat. She wants to. That's what she wants to save her money for. So we we I felt like some of that felt a little drawn out, but I, I get what you're saying. Even the stuff with her, with her, 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 her father and her grandfather and, and the kid when she was little could have been 
trimmed. I'm not saying, you know, just that's all a little bit. You're just saying you like it trimmed. Yeah, I do like not it. Not down to the black top, just a little trim. That's right, a landing strip. A landing strip. A pizza slice, if you will. A, a right. breadstick or a pizza slice. <laughs> I'm Italian. Yeah, I'll take them both, you know. A, a happy trail? <laughs> yeah, sure. Happy trails are always good, and so are happy endings. And this is a happy <laughs> ending. All right. <laughs> Eight and a half, nine and a half, and nine. Pretty yeah, I was actually going to come in at nine, but once Christian gave it a nine and talked about it first time viewing, I'm like, well, I've watched this more than once, and I still, I really like it. So I feel like you're going to come up on it the more you watch it. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Definitely recommended. So uh, what do you got? One final break, come back. Part three and a final triple R, and we out. So, yeah. See you in a few. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I tell you, ladies and germs, that ghoul friend of mine makes me so crazy. She told me she thought she'd look good in something long and flowing. So I threw her in the Mississippi. Are you seeking discussion of horror on the small screen? Then look no further than Evil Episodes Podcast. Join your hosts, Mike Nyman, Brian Sammons, Jamie Sammons, and a large variety of guests as we break down all the favorites and not-so-favorites in horror TV. So grab a snack. And of course, be sure to grab and join us for Evil Episodes Podcast on the Horror Feeling Network and Legion Network of Podcasts. All right, Return of the Living Dead Part 3 from 1993, directed by Brian Usna. Having recently witnessed the horrific results of a top-secret project that bring the dead back to life, a distraught youth performs the operation on his girlfriend after she's killed in a motorcycle accident. First time watch. Really? Second time watch. I saw it when I was a kid. Uh, Pardon me. I saw Part 2 when I was a kid, obviously, after Part 1. Watched Part 2 once. And said, "Fuck it, I'm done with this shit." I, I'm glad you corrected yourself, you there, because when you, when you were about to say I watched it once as a kid, I was gonna have to explain to you what a first time watch really means. No, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I caught myself. That but, would be second view, Dave. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, this is the first. I had the Vestron Blue and everything, because I've heard uh, people have more positive than negative. I said, you know what? Okay, I got the Vestron Blue. And here we are, and I've heard people rave about the girl, and wow, <laughs> Indy Clark, Madonna, Mia, oh, woo, so hot. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you know what, I, I watched this movie about five times, and I and I agree, she's hot, <laughs> and she went on, and she's still attractive, she went on to the OC or the O, or I don't know, I know her from CSI, she had an arc on CSI, and I didn't realize that was her, but the woman on CSI, played by her is a beautiful older woman obviously now because it was just you know a few years ago that that show was on and uh man but she's she's stunning guess what i used to really like this movie and i don't anymore (laughs) i don't love it as much as other people do but i definitely like it better than part two see and i don't that's the funniest part i used to like this before more than part two and Fuck this movie. This movie is what? so cheesy. It's so fucking cheesy. It's so you're talking about at least part two said, yeah, we're going like whether you like the comedy or not, it was like we're doing comedy. This movie is trying to play it straight and it's fucking laughable. 
Wow. Well, uh, you know, I think they developed the story well. Here we are, you know, the, the army is still trying to perfect, perf- uh, perfect the, triac- the trioxin, and they have effectively come up with a way to not only reanimate the corpse, but to to paralyze it, you know. To, but, to, but they haven't. Well, they think they have. Well, they try. But, They're trying. And, and that's what, but that's the setup yeah. that they think they've come up with an effective way. And that's where it quickly jumps into the paralysis warns off. And you get a great brutal kill scene where these doctors are being just torn apart limb from limb. <laughs> and then the, they're being reanimated. And within two seconds of that happening... Well, let's go back to that other thing that this doctor over here had going with the, the machinery <laughs> yeah. thing. I mean, it's so forced. I found it, it looks like a TV movie, except for the gore. It's really forced. The love story. The guy is totally miscast. The kid. He's too clean cut, preppy looking to be with the Mindy Clark girl. I just it, everything now. I guess because it's been a long time since I watched it. It just seems so calculated. And then three quarters of the way in, they've got like, or they've got this Mexican gang that becomes major players in the movie and you got Riverman and everything Riverman <laughs> River says is the <laughs> fucking worst thing you've ever heard in my life and and then he becomes a main character in the movie too you're just like what the fuck the sequel yeah. the next one should have been uh, a Riverman yeah, it should have been Let It Live in Dead Riverman <laughs> I like Riverman uh, the wise the homeless guy helping uh, Kurt and uh, Julie I like I love the motorcycle accents, man. When I mean, she hits that pole, Woo. are you fucking kidding me? That was I, what I laughed I about. Cringe. You see her fucking airborne. Wee! Yeah, it was ball. hilarious. Like, Come on, it, you know oh, what? Like it, had, it has good gore. There's some good gore scenes here. Again, practical effects. I love what Brian Yuzna does with like yep. with with making like the bride redevelopment. Yes, the bride with how, that whole montage sequence of having her do it. But then you're kind of like, okay, it's cool. But then it's really for nothing. But it makes sense because she talks about how the pain makes her her cravings for brains go away. So again, it's smart to think of something like that. And she does look sexy as hell. Uh, I don't I don't know if I'd give her a hug, you know, with all that stuff sticking out of her. But huh. it takes too long to get where it's going to. In my opinion, way this movie's way too long for its own good. I really? find it drags. I it's, I find it's the same length as the others. It does. It feels way longer. Really? Wow. Wow, I, I enjoyed it. This is typical. I'm I'm not over the moon of it, but I mean, after watching two and then seeing this and then seeing that Brian Yuzna did it, this is a typical movie of his. This this I'm not saying it's on the same level, but on well, it's, it has that wrong? feel of a Brian Yuzna film. Yeah, dude, it, ha- it has that feel, and I think that's why I enjoy it more than Christian does because it I I knew what I was getting going into it, and yeah. I I bought the connection between Kurt and Julie, and that was. The main focus, yeah, she's a freaky chick obsessed with, like, why does she want to sneak in and see all this crazy shit? But yeah. but I, I was down with it. And I yeah, like the, the, the Santos and, and his gang. It, give, it gives you people to cheer against and want to see get killed, and ultimately they do. Yeah, they should have gotten killed in two seconds. They're, like, main play- players for, like, 45 minutes of the movie. Well, because, I mean, what, you need to have more than just the army chasing them because you know the father's not going to be trying to kill his own son. And I thought that connection was was somewhat genuine. They tried. I'm not saying I'm like Dave. I'm not over the moon about it, but I feel like you're really coming down. Well, though, because yeah. I, I I love. I used to really like this too. I guess. Yeah. I watched this one a lot, I, I, and I hadn't watched it in ages, and rewatched it, uh, and I was laughing at it. I'm like, oh my god! I was like, this movie's horrible, and I was not enjoying it at all. 
Now, I'm saying horrible, and I'm using all this this emotion when I'm talking. Now, my rating's not going to be. I'm. It's going to be a Brandon rating when all said and done. But I'm just <laughs> going by. I I had this in higher regard at one point, probably seven and a half, eight range. It, oh, okay. and it's it's a yeah. massive drop off. Oh, a yeah. massive drop off from there. I found Shit. the gore being like really Man. the only saving grace. Yeah, the gore is the best part of the film, and I love the looks of the zombies and how they transform. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I do think that some of it does look goofy, Santos with like his his long spine head, but but it looks <laughs> good and it looks better than what I thought Part Two looked like, which like you said looked like just people wearing masks and you could see their eyes. Good. The, the third act of this film is everything that they should have done with Bride of Reanimator. I, I, I much preferred. Uh, yeah, you're right. Here to Bride. The, yeah, the, it wasn't too much. Like like you said about uh, what's his name with with seeing the spinal cord and the head. That was yeah. fine. They didn't just throw shit at the wall to see what stuck in this one. They just had a couple things they did, and her look was basically what Yuzna wanted to do with bride and couldn't and, and and it kind of fell on its ass when the bride herself came and it wasn't enough there was too much going on he yeah. said okay i'll make this my bride and he did and yeah, she this, was the feature and this 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 is the iconic image that the bride should have been but the bride is yeah. just some stiff woman just standing there with her arms straight out and and, and this uh julie's just badass and and i love the army experiments and I know it's for two minutes, but it, it's badass for those two minutes. And then at the end, with the army, what they're doing, what they're turning them into, turning them into, like, these these uh, immortal, unstoppable soldiers and just what they do to Riverman and what they're doing to, to all the others, it's great. It's really, like, nightmarish. Yeah, I like the whole pay-it-forward thing, too, with Riverman. Oh, That's yeah, cool. with, with his coin. Well, that saves – that. you know, it's kind of cheesy, but it does help save Kurt in the end because he – appeals to the little bit of humanity that's left in Riverman. Well, the thing is, Riverman, when I first see him, I just thought he was going to be this crazy, annoying fucking bum, and he, he was just going to be out of his mind. But then he, when you when you scratch beneath the surface and you look no, at him, yeah, like, he, he's righteous. Yeah, yeah, he's the righteous, wise, homeless guy who's got a lot of wisdom. I Been liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. Because I was groaning when he came in at first. I'm like, oh, now this is what we're going to get into, and then... <laughs> Uh, but then in the end, I ended up liking him, and then the same thing with, with, with the other guys, with the gang. But it all ended up being okay. I, I don't love it. Uh, apparently, they did the same thing wrong that they did with Part 2. I'll say that. Why not make it more like Return of the Living Dead, your namesake? Why not do more with it? I don't know. They had a couple callbacks. They had a callback ending type thing with the burn thing. With the with, with when Frank burned himself and freaking in part one they kind of did something like that and then the beginning when they were burning the limbs when they were looking at the thing when they were throwing the limbs into the freaking into yeah. the crematorium and I was like okay they're doing a little stuff and then they started talking about trioxin okay that's cool you know so they had some things and they at least tried to have more tie-ins with the original besides just having freaking characters there. So, I li- I like the ending. I thought it was kind of kind of touching and heart and heartfelt. I mean, she's it was brutal. Sad. Yeah, it's it. She's she bites one guy's lips off. Oh my <sighs> god, it's just brutal. And she's Love begging it. she's begging Kurt to end her pain to help her. And uh, you know, at first you think he betrays her because he he lets the army take her. But I was shocked when that happened. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. But then, how did he know that what was going to happen next? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't know. But I like that that epiphany he has when he's in there. He's like, I I can't let this go on. I got to end this, and all hell breaks loose. And and Riverman, and even when Riverman initially, 
It is melodramatic, but it's... I don't know. It, I, it was effective for me. I can't believe I'd say this. I was praying that dead Michael Jackson would come dancing around. and <laughs> I'm being honest. I, I honestly... I had this one higher at one point than two. And now I think, I think two was just dumb fun. And this was a heavy-handed mess that just... that that had good gore effects and really that's it. And everything else about it just felt, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you whatever? I'm not saying that there wasn't good elements to it. Like you said, when they're drilling, she takes the hand and starts drilling it and getting it all mechanical. Oh, yeah. I still, I just don't understand why they couldn't be killing zombies and they had to be all these mechy machines and whatever, but. Oh, I agree. <laughs> there, there was a few missteps. There was a few missteps, but to me, this was more intimate it was it was on a smaller scale with characters where part two, it was too much. It was too broad a scope, and it was yeah. for no good reason. I think that's something about me. I like more intimate films where where there's only a few characters and it. it's not as grand. Yeah. This one was very easy to follow. You had Julie, yeah. you had Kurt, and then you had Riverman. Like you didn't need to know everyone's name in the Santos gang. You didn't need to know all these army people. You just knew that these are the enemies. And you know, even the army maybe was a bit too much. I didn't, I didn't love the look of the whole like. I never do. Sci- the but... sci-fi looking futuristic base they have, like. It looked like cube. Yeah, it did look like. Cube. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I like the whole thing with the relationship between the father and the son, and what's yeah. going on there. And I felt that was genuine. They had their yeah. heart to heart at the end, and he he tries to you know save him, but it's it's too late for him because he's been bit. When Riverman is killed initially, I'm like, man, again, this was only a second time watch for me, so it's been a while. I was heartbroken. I'm like, oh god, I forgot about this. That was sad. Who her yeah. fate and his fate? Yeah, I, they were sad. I was like, I, yeah. <laughs> You know, but he redeems himself in the end and, and ends all their torture. I, I was definitely I, I I don't love it, but I understand what 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 the what the attraction is. No pun intended, because man, I'll tell you what though. Maybe if this girl wasn't as hot as she is, maybe I, I have to <laughs> film a whole point lower. I, I can admit that that might be half the charm is just watching her. Maybe I could watch her picking out socks in a department store for an hour and a half and say, I enjoyed it. So I don't know. But well, I, it's it's <laughs> pivotal that you like this girl, whether it's through attraction or through through her dialogue, through anything. It's important that you like her because she is the driving force of the film. Like, Kurt, she, like I like Kurt, but he's not. He could have been anybody. You know, he is. A, he is. I, could, I mean. She's the kind of girl I would have gone for, kind of troublesome and and with with some attitude and 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 hot. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's I mean, it. I would have too, but then when I saw that hairline of hers, I would have been that. Would, I can't do it. I don't care how attractive you are. That hairline's just too high. Didn't notice, and I hope I don't think of it next time I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> don't I'm going to send a clip. Nah, no. no, I don't even want to. She reminded me of Alyssa Milano at first when she was on the beach in the beginning. I thought this girl looks like Alyssa Milano. Then as it went on, she kind of just had her own thing. One thing I, I noticed, did she have a lip ring through the whole movie, or did it just suddenly appear in the third act? I think she pierces see, herself. It's just a small lip ring that I just saw happen. Dave, take a look at the picture I sent. This was what her character was on CSI, which was like five five to eight years ago this is what wow. she looked like and, and she's in her 40s at this she's point so hot. she's she's, so she's gorgeous she played a character named lady heather who was a a, a madam basically wow, stunning mean yeah wow i tell you and then look at the one Chris, i said christian you're so mean <laughs> 
Yeah, that's interesting. But usually she covers it up. So she she has a fault. She at least knows how to. I, I don't care about a high hairline. She looks. She's she's a beautiful girl. Her she's hair still... starts behind her ears. <laughs> she still is. Hey, your though, chin but, uh... starts at your knees. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh man, I don't know. How come that one zombie was half melted? You know what I'm talking about? Like in, in, in the beginning, after they um. When they find out that they're not after brains completely because there's an attack, and then you see a half half melted zombie, but it looks really good. I'm I'm trying to think. That's why I'm I'm. I'm looking at my note. It says it says nobody noticed he's walking. It says why is zombie half melted? And then right after I wrote looks good though. It's because <laughs> he says, comes out of the trioxin. Like he's one of the ones that comes out of the tank. And he's like yeah, that could be. And his skin rips apart, but he's one of the Muppety ones. There's a couple ones that just woo, and they pop up. They like, <laughs> literally been like popping into the frame, and it just yeah. The, one, so the ones bad. that come out of the tank always look uh, slimy and melted and rotted. Did you like the store clerk coming back with half his head gone? That's a, that's my note right here. Half head missing attack. Yeah, half <laughs> half head half head explosion he had. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was very cool. A half head missing. It was the only time I've seen it. Besides, is bad taste. Well, not beside. I mean, but that, that's what it took me back to, bad taste. And, of course, we saw it in Texas Chainsaw, too, with the, the kid in the beginning. I, I felt bad for that store owner because they were taking him to the hospital, and, and he's, like, trying to, like, plead with the cops, like, stop shooting. I'm going to the hospital. I got a bullet wound, and they shoot him right in the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> the cops actually kill him. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah the huh? cops kill him. And then Julie eats his brains. That's why he's got a half-head explosion. <laughs> I don't know. I have fun with it. It was easy to follow. I mean, I didn't get, I, I, I didn't become disinterested like I did in part two, where like you know, two two thirds of the way, I just kind of wanted it to be over. I didn't feel that here. It could have been better. Yeah, sure. But for me, it, it was uh, it was a nice uh, rebound after after the misfire of two. That, that's how I feel. And mine was the backwards way. I thought two yeah. clicked along quite nicely and was fun to watch. And yeah, it might be silly, but it clicked along great. And this one, I was like, oh man, this is dragon. Dragon. And by two thirds in, I was like not remotely interested. And I knew it had this big payoff. Then when I was watching, I'm like, that's really not much of a payoff, actually. Six out of ten. <laughs> oh, well, shit. I'm six and a half. <laughs> yeah. I told you. I'm... Yeah. Well, I was 6.75 6 on the other one. I'm six and a half also, and that, that even feels a little high. I almost gave it a six also. <laughs> well, I was just saying, like, people are blowing this movie left, right, and center, but it's not that. It's above average, and it's the gore that keeps yeah. it above average. Yeah, I feel like our ratings for part three are probably a lot lower than what most people are, but I feel like our ratings for part two m might even be, might be around where most people's are. I don't think people necessarily hate it as much as you think they just always talk about three being a, a a really underrated sequel which i don't i don't think it's underrated nothing compares to part one it's what i'm trying to say nothing <laughs> you take the trioxin cans out of it it's not a return to the living dead movie that's true it's like part two same fucking thing it's just part two does part two i'll admit does feel a, a lot closer to part one than part three does you're yeah. fucking crazy they, they have the brains they're saying brains they're yeah the whole that, thing. They're, they're, I, they're, I have to give them that i have to give them they got the same stupid talking uh talking heads <laughs> <laughs> burning down the house <laughs> anyway yeah we could argue that we're blue the balls. The, the reality is, it's funny. I told you, I was. I said my rating's gonna be like a Brandon rating. I come in, yep. and I'm not gonna be like four. 
I, I do. There, I, I, I used to really enjoy this. Watching it this time, I was thoroughly disappointed. And like I said, but there's still some good stuff to be had. I love that yeah. little montage sequence, the gore. I do like her as, as the monster. It's short-lived. The gore effects are good. The payoff, there's, there's zombies at the end, but it's a little too little too late, I find. I wanted it to be a bit bigger. That's what she said. <laughs> over <laughs> and over my whole life. <laughs> nice. Well, that's that. Return of the Living Dead, one through three. Honestly, I think if I look at my ratings, it actually comes up the same as, uh, what do you call it, as Reanimator. I think because I had a six and a half, a five, and I think a ten. I think I think that's what it was. So I, I think I think they're the same rating. I could be wrong, but if you're looking at it, it's the same type of thing. You know? I'm thinking mine are pretty similar as well. Yeah, I, I enjoy these three films. I'm glad. I'm glad we didn't even attempt to do four or five. I just really have no desire to watch those. I'm not even sure. If, I feel like I might have seen one of them before, but nope. I feel that way. I feel the way about them the same way I feel about those two Pumpkinhead sequels that were made for TV. <laughs> Get the fuck! Out. No, no, no. No, thank you. Not. Nope. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm good. All right. Triple R's. Finish it off. Round Robin reviews. We each got one individually. Dave, why don't you start us off? <laughs> All right. Well, get, okay. Here, get you out of the way. <laughs> get me out of the way. I'll, I'll make it as fast as I can. But this movie, I watched it because of the director. It's the director of Murders. And, oh, uh, shit. Nice. This is called Incident in a Ghostland. Ah, cool. I want to see this. I'm interested in this review because I wanted to see this. I'll tell you what. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> quite interesting because it's the kind of movie that, similar to when I watched A Tale of Two Sisters, when the movie ended, I had to go online and see the way other people interpreted it. And when I read the interpretation, it immediately boosted up my rating. Now, is that a slight on the film? Because I had to go elsewhere to see what the meaning was? I don't know, but I can tell you what. I really can't wait to go back and watch it a second time ah. because <laughs> of that, because knowing what I know. It's interesting. This is the movie that I wish we could have. Brandon, I think you'll love it. I think this is the movie that I wish we could have done a full review on because it's something that can be completely uh, dissected. I'm 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 actually really looking forward to this one. I haven't been watching a lot of 2018 films because nothing has has been really piquing my interest. And uh, when I saw this one, I was like, this this looks like my kind of movie. So I was very excited to hear hear about it. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to uh, read um, something that someone else wrote a description. I think it'll be easier. This is what it says: When the aunt of Pauline dies. She inherits the lonely house in the countryside and travels with her two teenage daughters to the place. While driving to the house, her daughter and aspiring writer of horror genre, Beth, reads her last novel to her mother and rebel Vera criticizes her sister. And the candy truck driver overtakes their car. When they stop at a convenience store in a gas station, Beth learns that the police are hunting down criminals that kill the parents and abuse their daughters. They arrive at the house that looks like an old bazaar with many dolls. Vera does not close the front door, and soon they are assaulted by a driver and a fat man that were in the candy truck. Years later, Beth is a famous writer, married with a baby boy, and has just released a novel about their attack. 
Out of the blue, she receives a phone call from Vera asking her for help, and she leaves her husband and son to visit her mother and her sister. Soon she learns that weird and mysterious things are happening in the old house. What could it be? That's a good description. It was a review that somebody put on the B, and I knew it would help me instead of me trying to say it myself. There are better words than I could have said. But yeah, there's two girls and a mother, and they go to the house, and there's a little bit of sibling rivalry, and the one girl in the beginning is talking about Lovecraft, and she, she's a, she wants to be a writer when she grows up. They get to the house, and it be, these people break in, and it's a brutal friggin' thing, and it seems like it ends, and it seems like they may have survived. At least one of them survived, because then all of a sudden, the first act is this this happening. So I thought it was going to be the whole movie. Then after the first act, it flash forwards to the future, and she ended up becoming a writer. Then she gets a phone call. Her sister Vera is screaming, and she's like, "Come here!" So she goes to the house. The mother's there. The sister there. The sister Vera has never. Um, she still relives the attack every single night. She goes through the motions of the attack and she throws herself around and her mother has to chain her up and she's psychotic. We don't know why this happened, but it did. One sister came out okay. The other sister did not come out okay. This woman has money. I don't understand why she couldn't take care, better care of her family and everything else and why she hasn't been home. But as the story unfolds, we get a twist about halfway through which usually is, is something that's reserved for the end. Then it goes into another direction, and then all this shit starts happening again. And it, it definitely mirrors martyrs in certain ways where you see a couple of females getting the shit beat out of them excessively and, and things happening here. And it's pretty wild. As it's going on, I, I find myself waiting for an explanation. By the time I get to the third act, I'm like, well, what's how are they going to say this? When this movie ends... What's the explanation going to be? So because of that, I'm very distracted. I'm like, how are they going to explain this? Because how is this even possible? And again, I got to the end, and at first I felt flat. I'm like, okay, it was well shot. It was kind of brutal. It was interesting. But what the fuck did I just want? I, I don't get it. So then I go and I read, and I find some things out. And now I'm like, okay, I really can't wait to go back and watch it. But I have to recommend it. I have to tell people to watch it because I can't wait to go back. I'm going to give it a half-head explosion with a possibility of it moving up. So I, it just, I just might have you know, I just might have missed something. But after I read it, I think I saw what I missed, and I'm excited to go back. So Incident in a Ghostland. Check it out. Interesting. I'm excited. I think no. you'll love it, Brandon. If you I'm looking get forward. Get it. Yeah. And for anyone that's keeping count, I am now 24 out of 29 for the year 2018. And yeah, one no. of them – all. Also includes hereditary, which there's, o- there's only one person keeping count. It's, <laughs> well, it's, hey. it's, it's, it's you. <laughs> Follow me and I'll set you free. 24 out of 29, seven or higher. I know what I'm doing, baby. Anyway. I feel like you're throwing a lot of sevens out there just so you can pad your stats. <laughs> I, like, I, fuck, I fucking hated this movie. Seven out of ten. No way. 25 for 30. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not. <laughs> you want to go B? Yeah, I'll go ahead. And uh, I'm not doing a 2018 film. I'm actually starting a new mini segment that might not ever be done again, but it's a new segment for tonight, and it's called Triple R Blast from the Past. And it's going to be me reviewing a film that we have covered before. And I'm going to take us back all the way to episode number one. And I'm going to review the very first film we reviewed, 1982's Alone in the Dark. Okay. Yeah. Because I, for those who don't know, we do top 10 shows, retro shows with the 22 shots. And the next year we do is 1982. 
and Alone in the Dark was the first one we covered. When we covered it the first time, I gave it an eight and a half. It's Jack Shoulder's masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. The performances, man, they just get better and better every time I watch it. Between Jack Palance, Donald Pleasance, Martin Landau, uh, Dwight Schultz, phenomenal. This We didn't count this as a slasher film. I think we said it, it felt too much like part slasher, part home invasion. So we, we didn't count this, did we? And multiple killers was the thing. And, mul- and multiple killers. But man, is this just, you know, if it was a slasher film, it would easily be in my top 10. <laughs> easily. Easily. I love the development of all these characters. Each and every psychopath, Frank Hawks, Byron Preacher Sutcliffe. You got Ronald Thaddy Elster. And you got, of course... Uh, I believe it's Tom Smith or Skaggs, the the bleeder. And man, these are four of the best killers you could possibly have in a film. And, and the whole premise of the film is that they're they're paranoid and they believe because of one of their delusions that the new therapist who's come to the asylum has killed the old one. And so they want to get out and go after him and kill him. And, and man, I'll tell you what, th- this time watching it, I, I just... I loved it just as much as the first time, if not more. And it's still a full head explosion for me. And there's very little to critique in this. I love the fact that there's so little separating the doctors from the psychopaths. And I think that's a message that gets missed in this film. Because Donald Pleasant's character in this, even though he's sort of this like lovey-dovey, huggy-type person who's goofy and sort of like everybody's friend... There's a particular scene in the film where he speaks to Martin Landau's character in, in, in a nasty tone and he whispers to him something and he whispers something to him that's so like horrific that it's almost hard to distinguish him from one of these monsters. And you believe that that he's almost joking about what he said. But if you go back and listen, he actually did say what he says. And, and man, it's just... Ugh. I can't recommend this film enough. I just feel like uh, it, it needs a Blu-ray release at this point. It's got it really one. does. What's that? It's got one coming. You think so? Yeah, I think I just read something about it. Man, I, I hope you're right because it really does. And man, reading about some of these uh, some of these actors, like I didn't know Fatty's character. He was he played Dynamo in in Running Man. He was like a trained opera singer. Like interesting people. Like a really great cast of characters and you know i'm obviously not going to go into too much depth with the film because it was the first film we reviewed and go back and listen to episode one because it was one of my favorite reviews to do and i I just i'm still at a full head explosion i just i love this film nice man yeah Yeah. you're making me more interested in wanting to rewatch it i i i'm not i wasn't really looking forward to seeing it again to be honest. Christian, I, I don't know what it is. It's 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 kind of like an experience I had with this film this time, like I had with Carrie the last time. I'm not saying it's it's you know anywhere as close to Carrie, but it it was just like everything just made sense to me, and it just it was so great. Every character, I loved a- absolutely every single character in this film, Perfect. and it was just so well done. The only one mistake they make is you never really see what happens to Loomis. Yeah, I mean you know he gets killed, but you don't know. Uh, exactly how but it's really not about the violence about about the the gore i should say it's it's you know it's more about the the character development and and you know the the psychosis of these characters and the particular scene with the bleeder there's one scene in particular that you guys know that's absolutely ah man it's so beautifully shot i gotta watch it again well mine will be really fast most of my this is just a description of the plot this is from this year and it's called night howl you could check it out on either Amazon in the States or on YouTube. 
Okay. Yeah. Mike Howell, H O W L. Yes. As a child, Casey was psychologically traumatized after seeing his mother monstrously mauled by a large canine. Now that Casey's an adult, he suffers from constant night terrors and flashbacks to the time his mother was murdered. After numerous visits with the psychiatrist, Casey starts to question whether his nightmares are repressed memories or are they something more, far more sinister. Mild rumble. Mild rumble. Continue. No, I actually, uh, I think it's, yeah, well, I, I was going to go even lower than that because I was actually interested in this film because I saw a new film pop up on Amazon that's 2018. This is a short film, and I watched a trailer for it. And then I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, this is extremely low budget. This might be a... It's this ultra might low be budget. A, yeah, this might be a head implosion. <laughs> it's ultra low budget, supposedly 1000 bucks. Wow. Uh, I was trying to be very open-minded because I will tell you back in the day... If it had no budget, I instantly dismissed it. And I'm trying to get better at that. I don't want to just be tossing out zeros like I used to. So I will <laughs> say for the film, it had actually okay sound, which instantly made me happy because now I'll watch it. Because now I could hear it. <laughs> Fairly stock music. The acting was somewhat decent and better than expected. The cinematography and editing were definitely passable. And when I found out that it was a $1,000 budget, even more so. But I said the wolf is literally a guy in a Halloween costume. Uh-uh. I said what they did do there. So the cover art is great for the movie, but what? But the actual wolf itself is something more like out of Creep, <laughs> the movie Creep. It's bad, but they're trying to do something different here in telling the story. This might and, have been Creep Three. And what I what I like about it, what I like about it is it was actually trying to tell a story. It wasn't just interested in being vicious attacks and hammed up blood and everything else. So I have to try to give it credit where credit's due. Unfortunately, it's still fairly dull, but I, w- I won't give it a fail because I figure for this ultra-low-budget project, they at least tried to do something. Yeah. And they even gave you a blooper reel at the end. And so in all in all, in all I give it a 5 out of 10. I just That's gave it a mild rumble. Mild rumble. Yeah. Like I said, I could have saved you an hour and 15 minutes just by looking at the picture. <laughs> and he could have saved you that, that four-minute review you just did. Yeah. Or I could just do another review of one of the movies we covered. You <laughs> fucker, you. You skunk. You nice. skunk bastard. Hey, at least I got you wanting to watch it more. I can't... Yeah. I... I I would never do this because it's kind of giving away the fact that this film's going to show up in my top ten. I didn't give it a, a number rating this time because I don't want to spoil. One. We you know. also your number one of the year. No, I didn't say it, no. <laughs> but it's really, man, what a, what an experience with this film. I really do love this film. It's got such a great cast. It's it's really an underrated film. I figure it's his number one or two. No question. What what movie is it? Alone in the Dark. He <laughs> doesn't even know what movie. <laughs> No, I thought you were talking about 2018. I got freaking bugged out for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. I, 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 I drifted. It, it, it will not be my number one or number two. Oh, but, I, I would have but, said no for that rating of Alone in the Dark, especially that fucking year. No way. But anyway. Number three. After Poltergeist um, in the Thing. Probably in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> With what in the Thing? Poltergeist in the Thing. Nope. He's not going to have Poltergeist rated above it. Alone in the Dark finishes ahead of Poltergeist. But that's another <laughs> show. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's another show. No, if you guys keep guessing correctly like you are, I don't have to do the 82 show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everybody's winning. <laughs> yeah. 
I just want to say another great trilogy to cover. I'm happy we did it. I love you all. Good night, everybody. I just want to say thank you to the new Patreons. Thank you to the old Patreons. Thank you to the middle-aged Patreons. And uh, good night, everybody. We love you.